kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all our fellow Sky Watchers listening globally, internationally, from wherever you are, even if you're intergalactically listening. Thank you for joining us tonight on Sky Watchers Radio, right here live on PSN-Radio.com. You can check us out on TuneIn by looking in as, look us up as PSN Radio. This is, of course, the live show for the evening, and it's going to be a doozy. We have Robert Morningstar, and it's the last show of the year. Woohoo! Last show of the year. Woohoo! Yay! Woohoo! Oh, you forgot to introduce us yet. Introduce us first. Well, hold on. I was going to get to that. But Robert Morningstar, who's more important than the other guy, is going to be on with us during the second hour. But the voice you heard earlier, that is the other guy who's joining me, of course, from some remote location. Where are you joining us tonight, other guy? I am joining you from the remote location of home tonight. Look at that. Home base, huh? I know, it's a shocking thing. Next week I will be somewhere else, and the week after that, somewhere else, and else, and else. Um, but yeah, I am home tonight, shockingly. And it's a wonderful thing. Very nice. Okay. All right. And oh, that other voice, yeah, that, the other voice you heard, that is the one in the only Crystal Storm, a.k.a. DCS, a.k.a. Whoop, whoop. What's up? A.k.a. the First Lady of Skywatchers. How are you doing, Crystal? I'm fantastic. How are you? Happy birthday. I have to sing your song and now we're live. It is your birthday song. It isn't yes. very long. Hey, uh-huh. hit, it. hit it. Hit it. That's it? Yeah, yeah. That's all I get. Damn. Are you on more? Happy yeah, on. birthday, Mr. Espinol. I was, I was hoping for Mr. President, like JFK. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Mr. President sorry. of PSN, maybe. But- <laughs> yeah, you are. Okay, so you are the president there you of PSN. Go. There you go. Okay. Take go over, other guy. Sing it. Go. Sing it. Sing it, other guy. Come on. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop. Just stop. Just stop. Yeah, no, Moving on. Wow, you're a tone deaf, dude. Completely. I, I, can, I can give you the Swedish ver- Swedish chef version. Uh-uh, don't do that either. Oh my gosh. So everybody reminder, our hashtag, if you're following us on Twitter, is hashtag Batsquatch, and you can hang out with us in the chat room. I'm Pookie Darling. I'm not changing my name because I don't have to. That is yeah, an I'm awesome gonna name. Say, I'm going to not say what my name is, but uh, Pookie Darling knows what mine is. Shout out to UFO Not, who's hanging out in the chat room with us. Yes, oh. indeedy. I'm going to get in the chat room in a minute here. So you're Pookie, what, Pookie Lips? I'm Pookie Wiggle Darling. Pookie, Pookie Darling. Darling, why is there a Pookie yeah. Lips there too? No, I'm, no there, I'm, was, there was. There was. There was Wuggy Lips. They left. I'm very oh. sad. That is a sad occasion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aww. So, Alan, what's your name in the chat room? Uh, you don't want me to say it on the air. Why not? <laughs> you don't, because because he's a five year old boy. That's why. Come on, really that bad? Oh, oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I told you it fits well. You. It fits well. 
It really uh, does fit well. It fit well. <laughs> perfectly well. Yeah, it does. Yes, it's true. My name on. You know, but, I no, no, don't even say it. You're I, tempted, I, I, and I you, change, you don't do it. Don't I, I could change the name. Uh, Let's just no, say I, it's Richard Fitzwell. It's Richard. Right. <laughs> and that Richard's a hell of a dick. I know. That was clever. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, did you do anything special for your birthday? Well, I got a little inebriated earlier on. That's why the intro is a little off. Uh, <clears throat> And that's why you're still having the giggles. But I changed my yes. name to something even better. How about that? What is that? Even Harry mean? Fitzwell. Well, that's just weird. No, 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 no. Harry. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. Harry Ballerina. Harry Ballerina. What the hell are you? No, man? Harry Balzania. Oh, Balzania. He's wow. Italian. It's an Italian. Wow. Balzania. Wow. <laughs> you're having way too much fun with the chat. By the way, if you guys want to join the chat and get your own goofy name, go to xad. Or actually, go to uh, psn-radio.com. And uh, forward slash listen dash chat dash live, and uh, it will take you right to the chat room. Or if you go to the front page and you scroll down just a little bit, you'll see the little tab that says chat. It's very big. I don't know how people miss it. It's incredible. People ask me all the time, where's your chat room? And I'm like, are you blind? Like, do you blind. not know how to navigate the what damn website? It's just a, it's a big banner. It says chat. What do you think that, what, what do you think that takes you to? What? Narnia. Yeah, like Narnia, right? Yeah, exactly. It does, you okay. mean it doesn't take us to Dantuni? <laughs> it might. Wow. It might, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's where it takes us. That was horrible. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> that was so well, it hit, it, Just bad. remember one thing, folks. It has come out that that uh, Snoke, Dr. Oh, here we go. Snoke. Are we going to do spoilers now? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, hold on. Spo- hold on. Spoilers. Wait. Spoilers. Yes. Yes, yes, before the chat room explodes on us again. Yes, yeah, massive yeah. spoilers here, dude. That's I know well, where you're going with that. That's not a spoiler that he's been around for a thousand years. Yes, because I know where you're going with it. Well, maybe. The wise. Maybe not, but that's uh-huh. all I'm saying is he, he's he been around for a thousand years, so yeah. we don't know where that's going. But anyway. Well, um, so have you seen it again? Yes, I'm actually, I got a copy of it here. Yeah. No, I, man, in the theaters, I, man, just stop bootlegging that. I saw it twice way. in theaters. I paid for it twice, and you know what? I kind of want to go see it again. <laughs> really you know, I've, I've seen it in 2D. I have to go see it in 3D. I you saw it in to. 2D and 3D. I did both. I, did I you, did you see the, the, the Star Destroyer, the scene, when it's coming right at you? Yeah, that was cool. Didn't that just blow your mind? Because it just that was, blew my mind. It was so cool. So cool. I know. So we have to see. Okay, see, already in the chat room is no! So we can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> but it's amazing, and you guys need to go watch it. Uh, by the way, Women Hoodies, my show, Sunday, we're back, beginning of the year, talking about cool bleeps. There you go. There you go. Oh, that's right. Now, we, can't, we can't say the good words. My my thing my thing here is uh, people are, are still, like, you know, complaining when, when spoilers are being said, but it's already, like, what, 12, 13 days out? This movie, you should have seen it by now, Jesse. Like, it's really. two weeks after. Really? Okay, it's well, two weeks. That's a weekend. Over a billion no, I dollars. I get it. I know you guys are in. You've been with your family, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, my family, everybody else took a back seat when Star Wars came out. I was like, I'm sorry, everybody. You're, I made my mom go with me. I was like, I bought tickets. We're going. She's like, cool. I'm working for home on Friday. I'm like, cool. We're going to see it. I don't even care. Like, you don't have a choice. <laughs> You're going. <laughs> like, deal with it. We're going. Da-da. Pretty much. That's pretty much how it went down. Well, I'm going to probably end up going again uh, this weekend. I have uh, the next couple of days off, and I'm off on Sunday, so I'm going to have some time to go down to the theater and watch it again. I tell you what, I, the movie is awesome, and uh, there's uh, something that came to me in the last couple of days, and I, I formed a theory, 
Okay. 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 There's not there's not a spoiler. It's, it's not a, a spoiler. It's not a rumor. Theory? Okay. Cool. All right. Well, if I turn if it turns out to be true, then it won't be spoiler free. It'll be an actual spoiler. Okay, got you. Okay, but we got so two years. We got two theory, years. There's no true okay. knowledge. Right. There's no, there's no true knowledge. It's not being posted anywhere. It's just my theory on something that just it, it, it hit me as I was thinking about the movie a couple of days, a couple of days ago, and I was talking to a couple of friends on the roundtable. Actually, we were talking about it, and uh, I came up to the, I came with a theory because you know how everybody's uh, assuming already they raise Luke's daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 That but might have been. That might have been a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that's what it. Well, that's my. But that's what everybody's assuming at this point. Everybody who's seen the movie, anyway. Right. My theory is that she's not Ray, uh, Luke's daughter. She's actually Obi Wan Kenobi's daughter. I mean, granddaughter. Ooh. Which mean Obi Wan Kenobi? I have read that. I don't know. Only because Obi Wan Kenobi was such a rigid Jedi. I'm not sure that he would have broken his Unders- vows to go. Yeah, well, no, but on, here's the on. thing: the Jedi Order was done. Hold on. Have you actually gotten around to reading the theory that uh, Obi Wan and Padme hooked up as well too? Besides Anakin. Wow! No, what? That's oh, no, but that that no, that, that, no, no, no that, that well, doesn't no. jive. Yeah, yeah, if you think about it, um, it no, 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 no. She, she died think, right after she had the twins. Is, how yeah, there's no way. It's impossible. She was, it's impossible because she was hooking up with him while he was on. Curse. No, think about it. When no Padme's life was in danger, Obi Wan no jumped way. first into the scene. There's no no because way. they had known each other for years, man. They were friends. He's not, but he's not even that kind of a friend. But you know, even if she had thrown herself, first of all, hold on. First of all, first of all, other guy. Hold on, other guy. First of all, like like it was said earlier, he was a very straight Jedi. I mean, this guy would not bend the rules. I mean, he was uh, focused on being a Jedi. So hold on, yeah, but the the Jedi code was he could not fall in love. He could not bed with a woman. Now, 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 many years. Hold on, but after the Empire takes over, he goes into hiding in Tatooine. Who's not to say that he didn't go around and got a little piece of ass? Let's be honest. He got. He went to the cantina more than once. Okay? You know what I'm saying? It, it's he's due. The poor man fought in the Clone Wars for crying out loud. He's due he, he for some, some ass. He let gone. He, right. he, he got his. Wow. He got his. He let gone. Now here's my theory, and this is this is a theory that I. This is my theory, not just that, that she's his granddaughter, but my theory is that one scene where you see the ship leaving in the movie. Well, I don't want to spoil it too much, but you see her as a little kid. Remember that scene? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Right. My theory is that that's Obi Wan's son who's leaving her there, and he's also a trained Jedi and he's trained by Luke and I think that he contacted Luke after everything happened after Return of the Jedi and he was one of the first that he trained and I think we're going to find out later what happened to him uh, my theory will be that it's kind of like flipping the original trilogy you know in a sense where now Luke is going to be the one telling her about her father interesting and interesting. what backs up my theory is she has a accent very similar to Obi-Wan's uh, she, she does. Dresses, I have read that. Right, right, right. She dresses like Obi-Wan's. Right. Why didn't they make her lose the accent? They made John Boyega lose the accent. True. True, right? true, mm. true. So that's kind of uh, my little working know. theory. We have, we'll we have two out. years to find out what's going on. We'll, you know? we'll find out. We'll find out. I'm, I'm so sad. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to take so long. <laughs> Ray, just think about the name here. So what sounds better, Ray Kenobi or Ray Skywalker? I think they both sound great. No, they do, but which one sounds better? Ray Kenobi or Ray Sky? I kind of like Ray Skywalker better. You just like the Skywalker name. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but I like Kenobi too. Like Obi Wan Kenobi, I like really like that character. See, so, this will be a, it'll be a cool. But if you're asking uh, me which one is pleasing to my eardrums, I'm going right. with Skywalker. 
well, that's because you just mm. lost the Skywalker name. But look, um, here's here's the here's the, <laughs> the, the the battle between the two. It'll be her against Ry- Kylo Ren, right? Of course. The, grand, the grandson of Anakin we, versus the grandson of Obi Wan. Sh- oh God, Obi-Wan. we're horrible with the spoilers tonight. Oh come on, everybody knows about this. Eat up. Everybody knows that he's the grandson. Oh, well, Jesse might not know. All right, ear muffet, Jesse. Ear muffet. <laughs> Earmuffs, earmuffs. Earmuffs. There From you go. like now until you see Star Wars, everybody's going to have to mute the first 10, 15 minutes of the show. You guys are going to have to do My it. My condolences sorry. if you guys have not seen Star Wars yet. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame, Shame on, on you. you. You know, so we're gonna I finally ha- talked to, I, mean, I hope oh, Don Smith okay. is listening, that I had dinner with him while we I was in Jersey. Shout out to Don. And I tried to get his understanding of why he hates the new Star Wars so much. And I told him that his reasons are lame. And they are. Aww. Very lame. They are. They're very lame. Okay, obviously we've got to do very, I'm very disappointed in Mr. Don Smith. Aww. I am. I know. Well, I think his uh, biggest gripe was that there wasn't a TARDIS around. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you you know they did a cool comic book of Star Trek crossing over with uh with uh Doctor Who. I'm wondering if they'll ever get around to a Star Wars one. With Doctor Who? Yeah, that can you imagine? Add with a lightsaber cuz that would be Sonic screwdriver game. versus a lightsaber. Ooh. That would be absolutely amazing. Okay, Lou says we have to move on to another topic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, how about the Green Lanterns ending up in the Star Trek universe? What? What is even yeah. going on in the world? Yeah, there's a, there's a DC comic out where they cross those two over too. Wow! Is anybody is anybody a Star Trek fan at all? I'm sure you all heard what happened with an Axanar. Um, a who and a where? That's a there's a fan it, film. Is, 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 is it is it like it, is it like the Millennium Falcon? Is this <laughs> Axanar? You're talking about? What are you talking about? Ax- like Axanar. Axan who? Axanar. Okay, what is this? It's what a this it's a Star War, it's a Star Trek fan film that's oh, oh being spearheaded in California in LA by a lot of previous cast members and a lot of uh, producers and fans of Star Trek that just got sued by CBS Paramount because it's infringing on the Star Trek franchise because it's such high quality work and not really fan. Bunch of haters, but you know, I'd be okay. so honored as a creator if somebody did that off of my work. I wouldn't be like, "Uh-oh, you can't do that because I'm not making no money off you." Like, exactly, you know, that's what they're get out of here. Stop. You're Star Trek. You're not rich enough. People suck. At what point is too much money? You know, you know, just take it as a thank you, just a thank you for liking my work so much that you decided you were gonna make this high quality movie off of it. Like that's awesome. That is the awesome thing to do. I was very sad when they told the EU universe of Star Wars that you just don't exist anymore. I thought that was completely rude. I understand I was, why, but it was still rude. You know, I you know what? I was hoping that when when Han Solo says in the trailer that it's true, it's all true. That would mean all the legends are now canon again. That would have been awesome. That absolutely would have been awesome. Because, I mean, there was some crap in the EU, but there was some great stuff in the EU, too. And you they just, like, crapped over all of it. (sighs) All right, well, this isn't the show for that, but maybe we should have a whole new show dedicated just to... (laughs) It's the roundtable. It's the roundtable. Well... That is the roundtable, yeah. It's just Star Wars? Here's the thing. No, well, the roundtable's been nothing but Star Wars the last month, but uh, here's the thing with the whole extended universe. I understand why they reconned everything, and and they're just kind of like doing their own new extended universe. Yeah, to Um, make more money. No, no, it's not even that. Yes, it is. 
Well, that's beside the point. I mean, they they're still going to make money. Four billion, so you know, dude, they're going to recap that immediately. Just with the toy toy money coming in, it's going to recap the four billion. But no, yeah. the, I think the main reason they did it was because there's a lot of licensing issues with a lot of the dark horse stuff and a lot of the stuff that was done by other independent writers and stuff. That if they start trying to adapt any of that stuff to movies or anything, there's going to be licensing problems. So you know what? The best way to do it is just wipe the slate clean and start over. It and never it. happened. They Jedi exactly. mind tricked us. It didn't happen. Pretty much. That sucks. That's Those, you know what, though? You would have had. You would think that people would be willing to work with. It wouldn't have been a huge, too much of a huge battle. You know, if you got contacted out of the blue because you wrote something in the expanded universe and Disney thought it was cool and now wants rights to it, like, what are you going to say? No. Yep. Kidding me? Sh- you heard up. how you, you heard yes. how you heard how bitter uh, Lucas is, right? Oh, of course he is. Oh <laughs> my God, he's so bitter. Oh, <laughs> so bitter. Right, I say, as oh. a writer, I understand that Be- you gave somebody else your baby, and now they've made it. And you yeah, know, but here's you the know thing: how he's crazy. He, Lucas was about it, so yeah. But here's the thing: at this point, he should just stay quiet because he's he's only making himself look stupid. He, he sold care. George he sold, Lucas does not give. He up. should. He, he's hurt, he's hurting his legacy. Look, this is a guy who sold his company for four point five billion dollars. That's it. This belongs to Disney. At this point, you can't really say much of anything. Like you're hurting the brand if you, if you start talking bad. Actually, he might actually be not even hurting. He might be helping the brand if. You're talks bad about it because they right. didn't like your prequels george so if and most of the people didn't like news. the prequels and if you hate what they're doing now the fans are gonna be like well it must be great george hates it and george messed up the prequels so uh, george really, he really should just fell quiet. into that trap where he did not have the, that person that every writer needs to right. kind of keep them humble and let them know when their brilliant idea has kind of gone out into left field Mm-hmm. I mean, every writer needs that. Cause no, I mean, he's he's brilliant. I mean, we all love Star Wars. I watch the trailer. I get chills every time. Like we're going crazy about it. We're still, we're you know, we're Skywatchers, and we're talking about Star Wars because it is right. that awesome. So yes, you did this amazing thing, but then you brought it out to the public, and you've just decided that they don't, you know, that you just it's this backlash against the fanboys, like you didn't expect it. Like, you didn't expect people to get so attached to your work that they're going to be like, no, we think this is the character. And then right. you handle it just so arrogantly. Like, I'm just going to tell whatever story I want to tell. And I don't give a crap what y'all say. At the end of the day, you got to understand something, though. A lot of uh, directors and a lot of writers, uh, they write stuff and they direct movies for themselves and what they like. And if the public likes it, great. If they don't like it, well, tough luck. He, The, the thing is, he got to tell the story. And this is the only time, I think, if, at least... The last time, probably, we're going to see something like this, where he got to really make the movies that he wanted 100%. He did the prequels exactly the way he wanted it, with no studio telling him, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to change this. There was no mandated, you know, anything. He had the last word for everything. That's one of the last times you're ever going to see that in Hollywood, because studios are all over projects now. And the new Star Wars movie, well, it does and it doesn't at the same time, because, look, for for example, there is absolutely no way on God's green earth that Disney was going to allow J.J. Abrams or anybody to direct a bad Star Wars Episode Seven. It was just not gonna. It was not gonna be allowed because they have so much banking on this movie. So their job is to be all on top of the directors, make sure that they're getting the job done properly. Look at the dailies, make sure that what they're shooting is actually proper with the canon, and they, they have their people all on top of these things because they have to. This is a huge property that can net them billions and billions and billions of dollars. You know. Because of this movie and the money it's making, Hollywood's having like one of the best years they've had in the last fifteen years. Well, yeah. Disney's you know, having that was the best. Because mean... of Disney, 
because of Disney. That's the thing. Disney, had, of course, has Marvel and the Avengers that did gangbusters, uh, a billion Disney plus. Disney is winning at life. Completely. And now <laughs> Star Wars. completely winning at life. You know, Star Wars you is going to be the Marvel biggest movie and now ever. You have Star Wars, you win. That's yeah, you exactly. Win. Done. It's a done deal. And then, of course, you had Jurassic World that came out this year. You had, you had three big blockbuster movies that came out this year. Huge blockbuster, billion plus dollars. You don't get that every year. You know what I mean? That's That's true. I anyway. was uh, meh about Jurassic World. It was fun. I was, you know, it was okay. Yeah. Chris Pratt was good in it, but it, it was very just okay. Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. I have such a crush on him. He's so cute. I just want to pinch his cheeks. Oh, oh his boy. beard. I'm going to send him a letter and make sure he uh, hears he yeah. said that. I think he's married. It don't matter. Poor Shane. What, what's his oh. wife got to do with you? Do what? <laughs> <laughs> what's his wife got to do with you? You remember that song? I, here? What's your girl, what's your, what's your wife got to do with me? I don't What's your do man got to do, do with me? I don't need that drama in my life. I don't need that bad karma. I'm good. I will admire his pictures. There you go. <laughs> Silently. Now, here's a person who does not need bad karma in her life, mm-hmm. and somebody who always brings uh, a lot of insight, wisdom, comedy, and laughter. And if she picks up the Skype, some news, perhaps. Maybe, maybe not. We're talking maybe, about Nancy maybe. Burns. I know. That would have been an amazing lead-in if she... <laughs> If she would have picked up earlier, but there you go. Nancy Burns is on for the Nancy Burns experience right here on Skywatchers Radio. What's up, Nancy? That's it. I'm so excited. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. I turned 24 today. (laughs) Woohoo! The youngest man in the world. Yes. He lies. He lies. He doesn't do it well, but he lies. He lies. Okay, I'm 23. Okay, there you go. December 30th. December 30th. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, we you know, our outside voices. <laughs> you know, you know who shares. Uh, by the way, you know who shares a birthday with me today, right? Who that? Uh, nobody wants to take. I'll take. I'll let you take a guess, and I'll give you a hint. He used to have his talents in South Beach. His talents in South Beach. Yeah, Don yeah. Johnson. Get this. No, what? Me. <laughs> okay, generation. He, what? All right, this guy took his talents to South Beach for four years and then left. Hmm. Don um, Johnson was supposedly he's the father of uh Dakota Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's not a Don Johnson thing. It's not Don yeah. Johnson. No. <laughs> he sounds very upset that we don't know. I, I, it's if amazing I Google it, will I find out? How could you not know this? <laughs> I feel like I'm failing at life. Dang. Coming up. I'm not, I'm, not e- I'm not even gonna say it. If anybody out there knows who I'm talking about here, call in seven eight six two four five eight one two seven and uh you know, school these folks here because somebody out there has to know the answer to this. I've got no clue. I'll buy a vowel. All right, I'll I'll, I'll give you another hint. And I'll I'll expand on the hint. He came from somewhere else, took his talents to South Beach. Was here for four years, then he went back home. Ilian Gonzalez! Jesus, not Castro. Jesus Christ. Jesus. <laughs> Age Christ. In wow. Montoya. Who? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't think you know what that means. All right, I think I'm getting trolled here, everybody. I think that's what's going on here. I don't think you'll know what Prepare that means. Prepare to die. Uh, I got nothing. Uh, sorry. Wow. All right, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let you guys call in, 786-245-8127. No, it's not Sean Hannity, Dan- Danny. Now right. that we're just on the PSN network, hopefully we have enough listeners to call in. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. We've yeah. got plenty. There's lots of people in this chat room, like oh, Walba no, yes. Threadkiller. I don't even know, but you're awesome. Walba <laughs> Threadkiller, okay. I know. Yeah, you Can I, I'm, I would like DM gossip, by the way. 
Okay, now I just want to say a negative thing. Got to say a negative thing because uh-huh. I cannot get into the chat on the Ma- from the Macintosh universe. I guarantee you the Not new Mac- Macintosh is cutting out. You have no Macintosh people in chat, I bet you. Apple, um, Macintosh. Uh, and so you're you'd have to ask. Somebody, make a, somebody ask that. I don't know. Well, actually, we're going to get a new chat room in place. Uh, well, it's not Jackie Gleason, Lou. Jesus. Jackie Gleason. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, we're, we're, we're uh, working on getting a new chat room. In fact, our, our uh, producer, Danny, is uh, involved in the, the Oh, he's working again. on Danny. Yeah. Okay, good. What's yeah. up, Danny? Shout-outs to Danny. And, of, hey, shout-outs to Keith Rowland. From Dark Matter Digital. Uh oh, what's up? This Keith? Keith. Why Keith is Keith wished you, you a know, happy shout, birthday. Shout out to you. Keith is interesting because I've got a friend of mine who's actually trying to listen to the show on PSN on Dark Matters, and they're running a repeat of us instead of running us live. Well, that's uh, because that's, that's, that's what happens, right? Yeah, they need, that's, that's why happens. they need to listen to us on PSN because they get us live. PSN radio dot com. Uh, but look, uh, we do have a couple callers. So I'm going to get to you guys individually, so please stay on the line. Callers. Uh, you see it. 786, you're live on the air first. Go ahead. Uh, you want to answer that question that I was uh, posing earlier? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Robert. The answer is LeBron James, of course. Ah, there you go. There you and, go. And uh, oh. happy birthday to my uncle, Angel. Thank We're you. geeks. Thank we, don't, you. we don't watch sports. <laughs> that's whoa, whoa, whoa. Ha- that's so sad. Fan. Calm down. Calm down. I'm that is so fan. sad. Well, did your uncle take you to see Star Wars? That's what I want to know. Yes, he did. <laughs> that's a good nice, uncle. Good nice, good uncle. Yeah. And how was the experience, nephew? It was a great movie. Decent. Great, Decent. great movie. The Force is strong with this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one day he will be a Jedi. Fantastic. What was your favorite part of Star Wars there, nephew? No spoilers. Oh, no spoilers? No spoilers. Oh, um, no spoilers. Now, yeah. And, and probably, let me add, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I want to add something. Probably Ray um, using the Force in a certain way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To retrieve a certain weapon. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, no oh, that was a great scene. <laughs> that was a great scene. That was a great scene. Oh, that was a great scene, though. That and then everybody dies. There's it was so awesome. many people that have not seen this movie. What is going on? Well, I found With a, something. It's found amazing. Something for you guys. Better than spoilers. Uh-oh. Twenty twenty deleted scenes that were cut from the final film. Give it to me right now. Yeah, I'll put it right in the chat. I it's called. Just descriptions. It's um. It's nice photos of the deleted scenes, but this is a thing called SlashFilm.com. Oh, I've heard of Slash Films. These things, Nancy. Yep. You are yeah. awesome. I know. I brought it. I bring it as a <laughs> <birthday> <laughs> present. Do not come empty-handed here. <laughs> and the and, and I, I brought you to page three where there's a really super, super photograph of something weird. Uncar <laughs> Plutt. Uncar Plutt. Oh, I see Plutt. that. Yep, yep, yep I see Uncar that. Plutt. Yep. Yeah. Uncar Plut. You know who Uncar Plut is? Who played that character? Do you guys know or no? I. It says so. I believe it's yeah, si- I Simon picture, Pegg. But I can't remember his name because I'm horrible with names. Well, yeah. he's the he's the character that Ray goes to in the movie, and uh, she's oh, trying yeah, to barter with. Yeah, I know with. who that is. Okay. Why would they take such a big actor and and cover him with so much makeup? He's a because, because he was in Star Trek. Boy. Ah. No, he, he was in Star he, Trek. They they don't want to carry over the actors because it's that's blasphemy, Nancy. That's, did you know Daniel Craig uh-huh. in it also? Mr. Bond Ooh. himself? Yeah, yeah, he plays a stormtrooper. Yep. Again, guys, we're getting yelled at in the chat room. One of our longtime listeners, by the way, a DM <laughs> talker and a lover of Skywatchers from a long time back, has not been able to get to the theater yet for a really good reason. So no more spoilers. What's a, what is a really good reason? Her really good reason is, I don't know if I should, okay, her really good reason is that she needs to get a van to take her to the theater because she's disabled. Oh, that is an excellent reason. I told you, that's a good reason, so we have that's to a, have, 
Yeah. That's a good Medicaid, reason. Medicare, tr- medical transport. You got to no. get your popcorn no. in order to live. Well, oh, then do go. not put the link up on Facebook because <laughs> the, the deleted scenes do contain spoilers. I hear spoilers. And I, I, yeah, I could read them all, and I, it's okay. What ifs? <laughs> I'm not getting it. But, but I, I do. I did also read though uh, about Carrie Fisher's reaction to she didn't age as well as everybody else, according to Carrie uh, Fisher. Yeah, I love right. Carrie Fisher. She's yeah, thing. I love her responses to these things. I she's, know. If you don't like it, too bad. Deal with it. Well, she said something along the order of, my body did not age as well as I did below us. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. And honestly, she doesn't look for her, for her age and all the, and the amount of uh, alcohol and, and drugs and cigarettes she's exactly. consumed. Absolutely. She doesn't look she doesn't look bad at all in the movie for considering. Her response as well, too, that everybody who's yes. tripping because they said that, you know, princess, you know, how am I going to show my daughter wearing that Princess Leia outfit and the blah, blah, blah. She was basically like, you tell your daughter, this slug put me in this outfit, and then I choked him and took it off. That's right. They asked her, they asked her how she got the role, and she said, I slept with some nerd. I slept with <laughs> <laughs> but I can't remember. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. No, she's very candid. You know what she? What piece of advice she gave Ray and the new actors? Uh, well, mostly Ray because she's the main female. Uh, it was the most beautiful piece of advice. Uh, she told them, and they confirmed this on uh, Conan O'Brien, by the way, um, when they all went on to promote the movie. They, she told them, or she told her, uh, not to sleep with the entire cast right away. <laughs> to take oh. your time. Don't go through them so fast. No. Nice. That, nice. Advice. <laughs> that is amazing. What does that advice. tell you? <laughs> what does that tell you? This woman had fun in the eighties. Right? Yeah, she was having she fun. Did. You know, you know I, I what? when you play Princess Leia, you get to. I, she probably let the Wookiee win. She yeah, let exactly. the Wookiee win. <laughs> Whatever. I don't. I guess she won. I don't know. That's that's a heck of a notch on the bedpost. All of them be like, "Yep, oh, I got that goodness. one. I got that one. I got that one." You go, girl. Yeah. You I guess, go, girl. I guess Han wasn't solo. He had real company. Real company. Oh, my gosh. No, it's horrible. That's horrible. Now, here's a mental picture. (laughs) So bad. Leia and Luke are brother and sisters, but does this mean, you know, they they were more than friends? Actually, that's an interesting question. There's There's no taboo of... Brother, sister, incest in the Star Wars universe could Ray be their kid? How do you know there's no taboo? Because they don't discuss it, and even in the uh, yeah, but that doesn't past- mean there's no taboo. Just because maybe there's a taboo against even talking about it. Mm. it uh, well, can you imagine if they had a kid and that's Ray? Can we mute the other guy for even saying that? Yeah, please. That's just disgusting. That's well, I, that's I know. Just I know, I know. Terrible. I mean, first of all, she doesn't even look like she has Down syndrome. She would be kind of retarded looking, wouldn't she? No, I, it's I, it's not. It's, <laughs> no. Or maybe that's that explains the accent. Oh no, no, we have to stop. This conversation is just going to go downhill from there. Nancy Bird's experience. What do we have to talk about besides? Yeah, besides besides Leia. Well, um, just throwing in uh, uh, X Files. It's coming up. I'm I'm yes. looking forward to it. I don't know when in January it's going to be though. So. 
I don't know how 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 heavy to turn my. I think my it's mind like mid January, but it's only like six episodes. It's a mini series, so I mean, I how excited can you really get for a mini series? And might it come out on Netflix? And if it does, you can watch the whole thing in one long evening, which is no, no, they would never do that right Netflix away. Netflix is doing that. Yeah. I love yeah. it. No, no, yeah. they won't. Re- they won't release it on Netflix. All of them, like you have to really watch them episode by episode on TV first. No, I don't. Later, think so. they're gonna release. You know, Very later sure. they might. Yeah, I they won't watch release anything on TV because I hate commercials. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. That well, won't. They won't happen like that on Netflix. Now, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you guys made any resolutions for the new year? That's kind of. Yeah, I'm gonna I actually. My, one of my resolutions is I'm gonna start actually buying products from uh, the other guy over here. Really? Are you? That's a good yeah, resolution. He, he has a, a tr- box that gets. He has a uh, he has a turd vap- uh, vaporizer that I'm gonna. Wait, 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 wait! You have buy. a TV box that does what? That gets you 16,000 channels, and every single movie you can think of back to 1930, and every single TV show with every single <laughs> What episode. is your TV box called? Uh, it's called the Illegal no, Box. Close, <laughs> it's, close, it's called Kingpin TV, and it is 100% legal to own. What? Okay, and, and what, is this, what is the cost? Can you say that up front? Yeah, absolutely. You buy it once, no hassles, no gimmicks, no bull. Uh, buy it once and it continually updates because it scours the internet and it sells for normally 400 but I'm running a special for 300 But wait, but wait. But is wait, there, here we go. But wait, but wait there there's more? no more. No, <laughs> there's, there's no more. There's well, no more. Do you, uh, does that allow you to get rid of your cable provider or does that give as you internet? As long as you have internet access, that's it. You get live TV. Let's put you this way. Imagine cable, satellite, Amazon, Hulu Prime, Redbox, and Netflix had a wild, wild party, and nine months later, this is the bastard child on steroids. Yeah, but but, that, but 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 Roku this has is all that. Your fault, Nancy. This is your fault. The other guy is now trying to sell us something. No, yeah, I'm, but not selling, I'm not. How, selling. how does it compare with Roku? Because Roku has. Oh, did I forget to mention you get all the college sports and all the major sports and all the pay-per-view fights that you don't get on Roku and you don't get live TV on Roku or anything You're like right that. You're right about that. I've tried. I've looked. Yeah. So okay. So you've done your homework. I see. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, now what happens? I had someone. If- does it I get, get continually upgraded from the internet? So every, it's every day, operating system? Every day it gets a constant update. Yep. <laughs> I didn't believe it. I called Bat Squatch on it when the guy approached me to look at it, to think about selling it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, what's the catch? You know, there's you buy it once and you never have to pay anything ever again. And it's like I've been fiddling with this for like three months at some of the home shows. I'll tell you this. Um I've done almost a quarter of a million dollars in sales on this product in the past, uh, between me and my friends, probably in the past three months or so with this product. That's kind of pricey. Dan, I'm surprised. Okay. And, and you're selling well, it. Not really. Not really. How much do you pay? How much is your money? Right. You're right. Don't even go there. It's many hundreds. Okay. Now, <laughs> if I could eliminate every single pay channel cost. <laughs> And just get that $29 a month internet access. But I have to go to the bathroom, and I want to go around the corner to another booth. Oh, you can pause it? Yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It, it's, like a, it's like a DVR without the actual DVRing, if that makes sense. Because it's all on the internet. You can start and stop whatever you want. How many listeners do we lose every time the other guy tries to sell no, us you know Are, you watching? You know <laughs> Are you watching the numbers, Jackal? <laughs> How many people click off every time the other guy starts doing that? You know, 
listen, you know, UFO not, you can make fun of me as much as you want. But and guess we what? Will. And yeah, we will. And, and I don't mind. I don't mind. You know, this is where I get my paper. But other guy, okay. other guy might. How would we find out more information? Might we go to PSN dash radio dot com and find it? No, it's not there nope, yet because there. I have. <laughs> I haven't nope. told how I haven't told Angel how much of a small percentage he's going to get for pimping it. So uh, you should give him the normal a bigger percentage, percentage right? right? Yeah, it's his birthday. Yeah, I'll, yeah yes. I'll, I'll give I'll give him his normal percentage. Give, yeah. I feel like Nancy. Which so far has been zero. Right that's because no one's bought anything. Nancy hasn't even gotten the handheld steamer. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. But we're very yeah. But that, that's a tougher. Yeah, that's poor. a tougher. That's a tougher sale, though. The handheld. No, no, no. I love. I love cleaning things, and I would. And I would love it. But we are truly in one hundred percent poor. We are so poor right now. But How we won't. Are you? <laughs> How poor are you? I made every single present this year from items I had on hand. So you can imagine, include well, except for the cookie. The cookies were fresh. They came. I did not make the. You know, I didn't. I didn't dumpster dive the ingredients or anything like that. That would be. Oh, they were. They were good. They were oh, good. Yeah, oh, so yeah good. but everything else was made from stuff on hand. I made pine pillows for all of my family from the Christmas tree pine needles from the year before. That is poor. Okay. That's pretty that poor. That is really poor. <laughs> that is poor. But you yep. know what? That's a very creative gift. You know, and I'll probably you. appreciate it a lot more than some crap that you would buy in Walmart. Just well, but it's I'll so much I'll more tell fun you. to go to Walmart and buy crap and just... No, 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 no. Amazon. Walmart. I know. Amazon. It's fun to go to Walmart and not watch to Walmart. scary people in it. I that's, will never that's give true. Walmart a dime. No, no, no. no, no. The, other, hold on, the other guy's onto something. The other guy's onto something. Walmart watching? Oh, my God. It's so fun. Yep. I especially I especially love... the depressing viewpoint on humanity i'd rather people watch yes. jackson square and it's, and it's hilarious like, fun people it's hilarious Street, see, but, it's see, but, fun. but i see people i see people walking around when i see people walking i see people i see people walking around walmart eating chicken like just eating drumsticks you know just eating <laughs> yeah but at least it's cooked <laughs> <laughs> i never said it was cooked nancy i'm just saying they're eating chicken <laughs> uh, now i'll tell you here's something might or not be cooked i'm not sure Nancy, next year, if you're still as poor, but hopefully you won't be, uh, I'll talk to Bill about that. Um, what you can do is I have my girlfriend and her kids and me. We actually just, for stocking stuffers, just go to the dollar store and everybody picks out like one per- one item from the dollar store for each person stocking. And it really is a cool thing. Oh, I was going to definitely mm. mention the dollar store. But now, sadly, sadly, many of them are turning into the under $5 store. Can you imagine how sad Inflation this is for, for poor people? <laughs> yeah, the dollar store was just, you know, it, you could clear your mind when you went inside because you knew you know, you didn't have to think. If you had ten dollars, you might be able to buy eight or nine things, right? Right, right. You know, by the way, guys, uh, we're joined by Chris J. Brown, Mr. Brown. How you doing, sir? Chris Brown. Chris. Brown. Hello. Happy What's birthday, up, Angel. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank Mr. you very much. What up, Other guy. What's up, Well, are we going to do predictions? Let's do predictions from. We can start with Chris. Oh, there you go. We got 20 minutes. We can do predictions. Will pot be legal in your state? It already is. It already is. So that's lucky. So um, let it be. Let let the prediction be legal at all the other states. Yeah. Starting off, a sweeping moment. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the federal government itself decriminalized it actually last week. Yes. Out of each individual state. Well, they didn't decriminalize it. They said they will not attack states anymore for upholding medical. They've taken... They've right. taken it off of – have they taken it off of um, Schedule 1? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And was that, was that our little friend Bernie, Bernie Sanders, who did that, I think? I don't know who did that. I know it was stuck in some bill that yeah. got passed right before Christmas. Hmm. Yeah, That's a great Christmas gift. It's a beginning. It's a beginning. <laughs> I want there to be a store on every corner, a, a pot in every chicken. That would be, <laughs> be great. Oh. Hell yeah! Did you did you hear in Colorado the, the amount the, of UFO sightings goes up three hundred percent? Four hundred percent? Are you kidding me? 400%. Did you guys hear that in Colorado the the economy is booming so much because of the pot you know that's uh, in circulation? Oh, yeah. uh, it's booming so much, and there's so much money to go around that they're, they're thinking about actually back. giving money back to the community. Think about really? that. Really? They yeah, should. Think about that's that. amazing. That is aye, aye, aye. Just you think what? about that if that was nationwide all over the U.S. You know? Well, that, I mean, we'd solve the deficit real quick. Well, you think? We should, you know, yeah. And everybody would be happier, hungrier, much, much sleepier. Sleepier great. is great. It would be yeah. great. I'm telling you. Your sex life would be better. It, well, you know what? I have done a lot of stupid things drinking. I have not done those things on marijuana. I'm just saying. I'm telling you, I think, Angel, this is a new show that we need to put together, the the, the Marijuana Roundtable or the Marijuana Round Bongers, you know. There you go. <laughs> when it becomes legalized. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're on the radio. It's legal somewhere, Who's wherever someone's listening. Well, you know? I'm right here, yeah, guys. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be really known to be that, you know. <laughs> There's Chris, the UFO horde man. Oh, hey, the the smoke some pot with Chris. Yeah, the smoke really some pot. I want to, yeah. you know, balance it too there. Isn't, even though I found there's so much of it here in this UFO industry, everybody loves it, and everybody should love it. Yeah, man. But, um, of course. Yeah. Now, here's you the question. Know, do we have some UFO news? I do. I do. Uh-oh. It's the end of the oh year. This is the last show of the year. So, you, did you come with something good? Well, I came what I could get. I, I, that I did. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got what I got, bro. Like, <laughs> I would have got just. I'm, I'm trying, Jackal. I'm trying. I am. And uh, but uh, no, I'm. 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 I got my UFO news, and you know, I've had a couple weeks of it because I haven't had I know. a chance to really get going and. Uh, you know, I haven't had a chance to do my news, so, so, uh, you know, I got some stories built up in my little box of the stories, and this is a lockbox. A MUFON case uh, here in Billings, Montana, it says a MUFON re- uh, reports uh, look like parachutes. So, if you guys have seen this video circulating around now, I, I really didn't know what to think of it when I seen it. UFO looks like a parachute. It might just parachutes, according to the witnesses here. And it's a daytime video, and um, it's uh, in, like, say, in the old Montana. And um, well, you know, it's um, this is in Billings. uh, It says a witness in Billings reported watching and videotaping a group of UFOs that look like parachutes about nine fifteen a.m. in the morning on uh, December twelfth. Uh, 2015, according to the testimony case, well, you know, and uh, from the mutual uh, MUFON reporting database, it says the witness was in a vehicle stopped at the intersection as he was driving between Walmart and home. 
Depot. Walmart. Yeah, well, you got to love them. He home says Depot, it, yes, the Home Depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he says it, uh, it looked like parachutes flying in the sky, the witness stated. He says it looked white in binoculars. It had fire colors. Oh, I know about those fire colors. It had no contrails but was moving westward. It uh, it was nothing like I had ever seen. And then it uh, looked like. Uh, and then it um, faded into the and then clouds. It disappeared. So it's yeah, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the pictures here, and the way they're describing. I mean, this could be parachuting. You know, a bunch of people just parachuting out of an airplane or something. Sure. Sure. I'm, I'm looking sorry. at the video too, and it just it's just like the pictures. It's hard to it's see. It's really anything. far Contra- away. Yeah, right. At yeah. least it's clear. At least it's, so it's not. Far away and so one thing yeah. I can definitely tell you though, it's not a bunch of little airplanes all like mingled together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sure. could it be sure. those para- Can it be those guys that are have those little jetpacks and those flying wings kind of a thing? It could be. Could it be flares? Literally flares? Looks like flares. It could be flares. Also, flares, yeah, a lot of different yeah. things. It could be. Yeah. 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 Well, not only not only predictions. Does anybody have a resolution? Do you guys ever do resolutions anymore at your age? Forty years. Wow. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, res- my age, like, wow. Like, no, my age, my resolution is to stay alive for another year. No, no, young live for stars. Live for another year. That's my resolution. That's a good I one. I have goals, yeah. but I'm not telling anybody. I'm just going to kill them. I got my goals. And, I'll let you know. I, I, and, I'm, and I work at them, and, and I've gotten to all my goals so far, and my goals and my mission. As, well, it's, I've just said you guys. Well, Chris, perhaps that. you should raise them just a little, because yeah. if you get to them like in a day, <laughs> I would say that's a perhaps too low a goal, perhaps. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. Just saying. Yeah. By the way, I need to give a shout out to one of our very dedicated Twitter followers. Mr. Freighter is always uh, using our Bat Squatch hashtag and commenting during the show. So, Freighter, yes, you're awesome. Yes. You are. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, you know, I just got an, uh, a private message from one of the Bell Gabbers, and I'll keep it secret because I'm sure he or she does not want to be known for this but this person just laid on me such I mean speaking of Chris such an amazing set of experiences and things that he or she has seen that we're going to definitely talk about it in the new year I think we found uh, another real experiencer who has seen and done amazing things and just so I have um, I'm looking forward to exploring that also um, I might have sent you guys this name I I was talking to Danny about this guy Mm -hmm. I suggest you guys look up this guy called the Iceman his first name is Wim W-I Amazon Mary Wim his last name is Hoff H-O-F and he is like David Hasselhoff like Hasselhoff, just Wim Hoff. Yes. And he is going to be on, I'm going to try to get him on the show. You're going to want to get him on the show. But here's a guy who is uh, a Superman practically. And when you see what his little technique is, and, and I'm, you know, I can send you the links, Wim Hoff. He was on a Vice. Um, is it this guy who can go in like uh, in really yeah. cold temperatures for long periods yeah. of time? Yep. Yeah, I've yep. seen this guy. Yeah, have you? And, yep. and, yeah. uh, Joe Rogan did a thing with him, did a uh, long show with him in which in the very beginning of the show, he shows Joe Rogan how he basically hyperventilates. Mm -hmm. Now, here's an interesting phenomenon. When you hyperventilate, you you get rid of all the supposed carbon dioxide. You 
you supercharge your cells, and I, I, I followed along with it on Joe Rogan, and I, I can safely say that in a half a minute, minute and a half, my head cleared up, and I just, it almost was um, like a bunch of, bunch of things just fell into place in terms of little tasks, little problems. It, it might be a, great, a better way to stretch almost. You, um, so uh, check out this guy, Wim Hof. Uh, because he suggests that you can change your entire immune system with this. It's, um, it's tapping something that nobody has realized, uh, a potential that you don't realize we have. We can do so much more with supercharged oxygen all through our bodies. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's in the new year that we're looking forward to, yeah, checking this guy out. Mm-hmm. I will have to check him out because I know breathing yep. is super important and people don't realize yeah. they're actually but, oh, yeah. breathing yeah. incorrectly and how it affects your health. I don't. I, yep. I think it's interesting that hyperventilating almost. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's just over-oxygenating the blood. Yes. Mm-hmm. But That's he does it, it very aggressively because he suggests that it doesn't matter how you breathe in as long as you're forcing yourself to just breathe in more and more and more and more and just letting out tiny little bits and then when you're done uh and and again if you're in a non-legal state and you've never used a bong (laughs) b-o-n-g this would be an interesting practice because you you learn to be able to you could take such a deep breath uh joe (laughs) joe rogan took like it was i guarantee you joe rogan's hit a bong before but look yeah uh, i guarantee you everybody listening who smoked weed has used a bong before also no i never have i i literally have never i'm okay i guarantee you everybody except for you nancy (laughs) thank you there you go there you go Uh, and that was illegal that was a legal bong you just heard from oregon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or washington sound effects that was just the sound uh yeah, but it could have been legal for sound effects. Yeah. No, that was just sound effects. Yeah, but if we called job, pres- if we called anybody in DC, if we called the president, he could he could do it right in the White yeah. House. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't he think it happens does. already? I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. They used to grow the stuff in the back of the White House, Nancy. Obama, though, right? Weren't they trying to get him like when he first it's got in? It's not the Rose Garden like, anymore, folks. Cigarettes, so maybe he's like switched to that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What else you got for us, Mr. Swag? Well, I do. Yeah, I man. got another thing here. I got from uh, a uh, witness, Texas witness captures clear UFO crossing sky. Oh. Yep, yep. And so uh, here, matter of fact, let me drop that link Wait, right. Ha- in ha- how, do you, how do you capture a clear UFO going? Is that like, is that like Wonder Woman's invisible plane? Or that is. That is like Wonder Woman's invisible plane. That's funny you said that because I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. Wonder Woman's invisible plane. So we got to just have faith that there's actually something there in the sky where he's pointing to. Well, we I'm watching the video. Yeah, yeah, I kind of see why it says. Hold on, one at a time, guys. Yeah, go ahead, Mr. Swag. I'm watching the video. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, I just was uh, going to go. It says a Texas witness uh, at Galveston reported watching and videotaping a clear circle-shaped silent object moving slowly overhead, according to the testimony. The case 57336. Is, uh, scroll down here. It um, says the witnesses was outside playing basketball with his brother and several friends near the seawall, Galveston, about 
12.30 p.m. June 12th. Now, this is a 2014 sighting, so they must have reported a little bit late, I guess, huh? Right, anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, they mm-hmm. noticed a silent, clear circle flying overhead uh, and heading north. And so it was the silent ones that are deadly, yep. Yeah, it was. This says uh, probably five or six people witnessed the event, and uh, the witness stated, it says one, uh, no one could tell what it was. It says the group watched it, the object until it was out of sight. It says it traveled straight in a straight line the whole time. So there you go. That's 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 from Galveston right there. And um, it's the Texas Star team uh, was involved in this one, and... Uh, it says well, isn't uh, that something? Now we got to deal with clear UFOs. Yeah, man. Yeah. So and they won't bring back clear Pepsi. Yeah, but Chris, Chris's UFO, his UFO, his orb was clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it says according to the witnesses, it says the object was round, clear orb moving across the sky. Uh, you know, you uh, that, does it look like anything like what you saw, Chris? Kinda, yeah. You know, it's so hard because it's uh, you know you see it in a, in a you know, I don't know. It's kind of, but not really, I guess, because <laughs> it's just uh, mine was so close and that's so far, but um, kind of. sort of? Yeah, kind of, sort of. <laughs> well, I dropped the links to the uh, the, the video on the uh, Facebook page. If anybody wants to follow along and look at it, it's at facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. So you can look at the video there and uh, see if you see a clear UFO. So it kind of looks like what you saw, but it, yeah. it is far away, so the detail is a little bit bl- uh, blurry and fuzzy. It is. It is, and um, and so you know, it's like I say, that's that's what I had, and and um, but uh, you know, and I had my Christmas tree one too, you know, but now we I didn't have my chance to get to you on Christmas, you know, but uh, yeah, this one here is um, the UFO shaped Christmas tree reported in Tennessee, good old Tennessee. All right. It, yeah, it says a, a Tennessee witness in Bluff City reported watching two sets of UFOs shaped like Christmas trees uh, with lights. Wow. What if that ball's on them? You know, and a whole bit. Anyway, it says according to uh, the testimony case, uh, 73064 from you know who, MUFON, right. uh, it says. Um, now, once again, my computer scroll down. It says the reporting the uh, the the reporting uh, witness was a passenger in a vehicle driven by a friend about six p.m. on December tenth, two thousand and fifteen, as they traveled along Shakoan uh, Grove Road during a drive yeah. from yeah, Carter uh, County, Tennessee, into Sullivan County, Tennessee. At first, I saw them to the left as I was sitting in the passenger seat, but at first, it didn't strike me as odd, the witness stated. Shortly after I saw them on my right, just above Holston Mountain, they appeared to be several of them, and it appeared as if they flew in, two, in sets of two. The UFO described the UFOs. One set was traveling side by side while the other set was hovering over the mountain. But they were not side by side. The one was above the other. So it's most, they mostly resembled Christmas trees as they were flashing and they were in the sky and did not uh, move or, and did not have the mountains or the trees as their background. I see. Yes, I know about the mountain trees in the background. So, 
It says, um, each of the crafts um, were the same color. One appeared orangish red. Another uh, appeared bluish white. For example, we knew they were either suppressed government technology to alien in origin. Each one flashed uh, alternatively, and their position distance from each other would change, but they flew in two uh, for the most parts at one time. It seemed like we witnessed three sets of them in different areas of the sky, either moving in one path to hovering, but not completely still. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not much of the reader, but I'm trying. You know, but funny, though, not to cut you off and stop you there for a second. Um, you know, it, it's funny when you uh, read that post, uh, you hear something in there that just uh, really cracks me up. They already assume this is alien in nature. And this is like one of the major mistakes people make, uh, where they assume automatically everything is alien or it has to be extraterrestrial. Uh, people, you forget there is so much money being put into black budget operations and budget projects uh, that deal with these type of technologies that are completely earthbound not extraterrestrial in any way. Um, there's a book that was, I can't remember the name of the author, but he put out, there's been documentaries on this where they showed different objects that the government has been working on and they can track back all the technologies to where they were invented, they're all Earth-based. A lot of that has to do, when you actually look into the technology, it's not that extraterrestrial at all, but it looks very ET-like. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that, that they're doing that we have no clue on, but I love how everybody always says, oh, it has to be extraterrestrial. It must be aliens. No, not always. You know, it just drones has to be. are out there in yeah. abundance. Drones too. are everywhere. Exactly. That's another yeah. thing with the drone technology the way it is. I mean, they're getting bigger and bigger. I was at a, an auto shop, a Pet Boys, actually a few days ago, and they're selling drones over there, and they have wow. a huge drone. Talking about it. it's like a two hundred and ninety-nine dollars drone. There are drones drone. everywhere. They're, I was huge. At Barnes and Noble, and they sold drones. Well, they're are they run? Are they run on batteries, or do you plug them in? Um, they run on batteries, but you can plug them in and recharge them. And can, can they run on gasoline? No. Some of them, no, they're not little no. motors like that. No, no little, no, no. little. No, because no, that would it, be too heavy. They have to make it as light as possible. So, yeah, battery is wow. the best way to go. I have my own little drone. It's a Millennium Falcon drone that I bought from Star Wars. It's very cool. How is that nice. going up? By the way, have you flown it yet? I've tried to fly it a, a few times and it keeps crashing. It just, it's no, not working for me. Well, you should have gotten the next wing fighter, perhaps. <laughs> I am actually going to look into that one. Now. That one, that one, and the uh, one with the stormtrooper. On the scooter bike. I like the only reason yeah. on Halloween time with the witch. That was that's flying. exactly that where like I was, was going, Chris. Um, the reason, <laughs> the only reason I know about X-wing fighters is the year I tr- I convinced both of my kids to go as bags of dog food because they're very <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, what? Yes, Hold really- on. Let's let's go back. What made you? What possessed you to? You would consider that as a we Halloween have, costume. We had dogs, and you know, you know how big those bags are. You could put a little kid in one, and you could put my daughter in in the bigger bag, and you just stick, you just stick dog, you know, we just glue some dog food on the bag, and it's easy. But the but the people across the street that is had, insanely brilliant. You know that, right? Well, yeah, no, is. but 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 my kids <laughs> feel scarred because the kids across the street were dressed up as X-wing fighters, and it was like no contest. And I had, you know, wow. I had, yeah, select Sometimes, out again. Some of those Halloweens were like that. There was a time of Halloween, wow. my buddy and I, we didn't have anything. I, I can't remember what I put on, but we dressed him up as Mr. T. So we had nice. all these bags of tea, and then we taped them all over him. <laughs> and nice. he had all these bags of teas over him, so we called him Mr. T. Did, did you dunk him into uh, the bathtub or anything? 
Man, oh man. No, I, know. I know. I'm going to say it because nobody else is going to say it. I pity that fool. I pity that fool. I'm not getting involved. But, yeah. me, but wait, let me tell You're you. You're killing my joke. Hold on. It, I yeah. pity the fool. Thank you. Jesus. Yeah. I pity the fool. Okay, but here's, I can give you the poorest Christmas present of all, which we actually did with our kids. And it's the poorest of all. I love it. And it's a great Christmas present. You wrap I don't know up, if you can top that, though, Nancy. You wrap dog. up library books. <laughs> Get oh, it? Oh, boy. And they have so to return it down. They have to, but, but they have presents to open. And they have real books to read. And then they turn them over and they say, oh, ma, mom. <laughs> So yeah, but but my kids grew up wow. uh, without without tons of you know, and we're writers by profession. At the very end of the day, we're writers, and Crystal knows writers. Sometimes you get some money, and sometimes you do not, and you just you move it along. You just keep working, um, and this year, you know, so you yeah. Anyway. Outside. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, and listen, uh, Freighter, uh, Crystal, you were talking about Freighter F Disc Freighter. The yes. Twitter. Yes. Well, he said, and I'm, I was just answering him. He said it's a process of oxygenating the blood and raising the Kundalini. Ah, uh, yeah. And, he was talking uh, about the Ice Man. Uh, that's interesting. I'm definitely have to look into Ice Man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're all, we're out of time and we're over time. Actually, we're, we we got to go on break and uh, get Robert Morningstar hey. online, who's going to join us. Love so him. stick around. Uh, this is uh, Skywatchers Radio on PSN-Radio.com live. And uh, hopefully one day we'll be live again on Dark Matter. We'll see. Hey. Maybe. Hopefully. Oh. Hey, Keith. Shout out to Keith. We'll What's be up, back Keith? in about uh, two, maybe three minutes. Uh, stick around. This is uh, Skywatchers. Robert Morningstar is next. All right. team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of steel and more supermanhomepage.com roswell ufo's flying saucers alien abduction 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. All right, everybody, we're back live on Skywatchers Radio with the man of the hour, the one, the only, Mr. Robert Morningstar. How are you doing, my friend? Welcome back to the show. I'm very happy to be here with you on your birthday of all days. And uh, pre-New Year's Eve, Eve, it's uh, a good time to reflect on this amazing year. You know, it's funny, when I was putting... uh the show together for the last show of the year i was going through a a few names of you know guests that i wanted to have on and i I circled your name first and i was like i gotta have robert on for the last show of the year he's you know robert you're literally one of the you know favorite guests on the show here for us we love having you on you always bring you know nothing but amazing amazing information and in fact tonight we are extended for three hours because you know people requested it and we're going to have you on for the remainder of the show from this point on because we can never have enough robert morningstar Thank That's you. The you're way very it works. kind. But you're you're, so, it's, all, it's all up to the host. You, I have a good host, then I have a a good show. No, you you you're make the host better. You're like the LeBron James. You make the rest of the team better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now it's so, been you know, a while since you've been on the show. It. I do appreciate it because that that is the single greatest reward is the appreciation from people who thank me for for what I do and what I've done and and I'll continue to do it. It's it's a way of life. It is. It is. And thank you for the uh, birthday wishes, by the way. Thank you so much oh, for that earlier. Oh, before we go any farther. That was nice of you. I want to sing you happy birthday. So oh. Here it goes. Oh, boy. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Me? Happy birthday, dear angel. Happy birthday to you. And many more. I've gone teary-eyed only twice this year when it had nothing to do with uh, anything uh, family-related, <laughs> and this was that second time. Aww. That was so nice. Thank you so I'll much, my folks. First time wasn't Star Wars. I gotta, you know, be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. That's say I, I cried like a baby. As soon as that music like in the scroll started. I'd say I was tearing up. I was like a little kid. I was like, oh, back to the 80s. It's so good. Uh-huh. But, Robert, you, you haven't been here in a while. A lot has happened. Star Wars is up. Uh, a lot has happened. Uh, and I know you've been working busy, busy, busy on a bunch of stuff. And, uh, you know, my birthday aside, even though I know that's a very important topic for everybody to talk about for hours and hours and hours, I'd rather get into some really good stuff with you because, honestly, you always bring some of like the most insightful information to the show. And you were telling us about something during the uh, the break here that I really wanted to get to. You want to lead off with that? Because yeah, it, it, um, th- that's very cool. That, uh, UFO Digest is back online. We've, we've yes. been knocked off the internet four times this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, regardless, we always come back. This time was really an adventure. We actually had to search for a technician to fix uh, the website from the hacking. Wow. And uh, we, ha- uh, we got help from Vietnam. We had a technician named Tran. Oh, nice. 
our problems and got us back on. Just in time for a Christmas edition, which was Jeff Krause's article. It's called The Historic Laguna Lake Theremin UFO. And the significance of this is a discovery that was made by a wildlife photographer who has just bought his first pair of super high-tech hearing aids. This is a very significant discovery. The, the wildlife photographer was shooting uh, birds in the wild, and he was shooting on an automatic motor drive camera, shooting five pictures at a time. And as he was shooting, at one point, he had his hearing aids on, and what happened is that he heard this sound go through his head, right through his head, from his right ear to his left ear. Woo! Something like, something like that, I imagine. Because he described it as the sound similar to a theremin. And the theremin is a, a musical instrument that was developed in Russia in, the in 1920 by a man named Leon Theremin. You've all seen it, you've all heard it in those eerie science fiction movies of the 1950s and 60s which is this wave sound that may that um, it amplifies the the sound and also varies the frequency you mm -hmm. don't actually physically touch it you move your hands through a field in the air and one hand controls frequency the other hand controls amplitude well the gentleman discovered that um, when he looked at the photographs that he had shot he found one unique photograph that's on the cover of our recent issue, in which he captured a small airplane, a Cessna in the distance, I would say about a mile away, a hawk at close distance, and a UFO. And he recalled that he heard the, the sound of the UFO as he was shooting that sequence. And he believes, we believe now, that these high-tech hearing aids, the one that are on Wi-Fi, that you mm -hmm. can wear in a theater, and the theater transmits the soundtrack of the movie right to your ear, that they are capable of picking up the sounds of UFOs that you can't hear, or you can't see, but you could mm -hmm. hear them. And right. what like about, what like about, the invisible what about? UFO we were talking about earlier. Yeah, he didn't see it yeah. with his own eyes, but he shot a photo of it, and the photo corresponded with the moment when he heard the sound shooting through his head. He said he could feel the, the sound physically moving right through his head from one wow. side of his head to the other, and it wasn't uh, a short blip. It was, uh, you know, I think one second to two seconds is a pretty long delay to hear the sound move through your brain. So that yeah, was that interesting. Is. And uh, we have a bunch of other really good articles in there. There's one by Chris Holly on the sufferings of people mm -hmm. who are affected. It's not a very pleasant uh, experience uh, on many levels. The, the, the changes that occur uh, mentally, emotionally, psychically often bring a long train of bad luck uh, with them, and depending on how the person is able to deal with it or cope, cope with integrating the experience into their lives. So, Chris Holly's article there. Robert, let me ask you a question uh, about the abduction uh, cases. Uh, you know, in your research over the years, I mean, have you come across any uh, abductees that have had nothing but positive experiences uh, with uh, their abductors or the aliens? Yes, there's a whole. There is a whole group of them. Uh, mm -hmm. They they don't like to call themselves abductees. They like to call themselves experiencers. experiencers. Right. Yes, experiencers, and I respect that. Um, mm. you know, it seems to me that in the abduction uh, experience, 
what the alien, how the alien treats you has a lot to do with your own emotional makeup and your, your disposition. So that if you're aggressive and uh, hostile and violent, you know, they mirror, they seem to mirror your, your behavior to you. But they always, get, they always get their job done. You know? Speaking of abductions, this is a series of books that I'm intrigued with uh, by David Polides, or Polides. And one is The Missing 411, which deals with the disappearances of people in national parks. And how. Did we have a guy on on, uh, on, a sh- on one of our shows about that? Angel? You may have had him. Mm, maybe. No, it wasn't David. We haven't had him on. It wasn't David. You, no, but no, we did no. have someone on talking about all the disappearances in national parks. That was much ago, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, they are covered up. They run, mm-hmm. a, they run a search for seven to ten days, and then yep. they just forget about it. And here's the strange part. They, they should call this the Travis Walton effect. Well, Travis Walton came back. These people don't yep. come back. You know? Well, yeah, you got a point. That's, that's, that's a really yeah. important point. Yeah. So, but the point is this: when he's asked for information on the details of how many people, who they were, what were their names, the the parks departments, uh, national parks, says that they don't keep any records at all of of the people's names, their disappearances, and they refuse to give them up. Now, the same man has written another book about another phenomenon, which is the disappearances. Of a per- in particular men who are disappearing and winding up dead in lakes and rivers, they'll disappear for three weeks and they wind up bobbing in a river in a vertical position. Some of them, like a buoy, you know, and uh, but show signs of only having been in the water for two or three days and having disappeared three months before. Another wow. thing is. Uh, a, a, a number of them were on cell phones speaking to people while uh, while they were going to meet them at very close distances. And all of a sudden, they start saying, oh, I think something's wrong. I think something's going to yeah. go. I th- the phone is going to go. Then they hear this loud whooshing sound like wind is blowing. And then the person's disappeared and they find this, the cell phone by itself. Sometimes and they're, a boo- they're now a boo-booey. Yeah, and and then like, some of them and some of them appear out of nowhere in, in areas that have been searched thoroughly by the uh, search parties. So there is a very strange phenomenon going on there. Uh, some of them are uh, have been in Canada. Uh, one of them that st- uh, sticks in my mind is the story of Joseph Grozel, uh, mm-hmm. top student and. Um, uh, like in a military academy in Canada, disappeared for three weeks, and they searched far and wide for him. And finally they found him uh, floating in a river that they had searched over and over and over again. But he's the deterioration of his body showed that he'd only been in, in the river, in the water, for uh, two days. And a friend of mine named Leanne Jones, she's a private detective in in Vancouver, British Columbia, she's been tracking these cases, uh, mostly men, and uh, she's written a book that she's planning to publish soon. It's called Murder by River. No, yeah, no, 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 no,
it's a pretty uh, interesting title. You know, you I'm writing the- down all the names of people we have to talk to next year. Yeah, no kidding. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. You think I'm playing? <laughs> no, no, I know you're not. She's quite a, she's quite a very, she's quite a good friend and, and an excellent detective. She's uh, she's on the job up there. We did. Let me tell you this about uh, Leanne. I told her about an incident that happened in mm-hmm. uh, British Columbia at this place called the Cowican Cowican Hospital where around 1972 a nurse was on night duty and she walked up into this ward and then went to the window to part the the curtains. And when she parted the curtains, there was a UFO hovering not far away Mm. and tilted at an angle. And she looked into it and it had a dome and there were two men in it. And she was shocked. They looked up at her, she looked up at them, and they seemed to be very busy and concerned with stabilizing this craft because it was tilted at an odd angle and then they pushed a couple of buttons and moved some levers and the UFO leveled out then they looked at her again she looked at them she was mesmerized by it and it took off so I mentioned this to her and she did a a reinvestigation and what we found was that there were many people in that area at that time including uh, the mayor of a local town the, the late Jim Quaife, who had seen the UFOs. Another group was in this place called Mill Bay, and they saw a UFO moving across Mill Bay and drawing water up in a through light. And imagine a, a shower of water with laser Like in light. a spiral or just like lifting Yes, it was spiraling up, up from, okay. the, from, from the water up into the craft. And then there was the mayor... The mayor saw the UFO over the power station. There's wow. a power generating station. And this is a very common, uh, common observation. They, they seem to tap into energy coming out of power stations. So it gave me the, the idea that what we may be experiencing is something called, that I dubbed UFO piracy. That UFOs may be going to power stations and stealing electricity or electromagnetic energy from the power stations as well as stealing water from the lakes and it occurred to me that it's almost a a tax system uh, an added tax because you know when power companies lose energy somebody's got to pay for it yeah we're putting we're yeah we're paying the bill for the ets but you know would you think that the way that we get energy is kind of i don't know almost caveman to i mean you got here in a spaceship and i mean yeah here's here's the thing nuclear plant that's weird yeah it's weird because i've seen a lot of videos recently of uh the the soho uh imaging the sun and there's been so much activity with uh, UFOs flying around. This one is like it looked oh, like yeah. three ring UFOs that yeah. just spiraled right into it. And, and, and the actual sun. Well, there was one. The actual sun actually, as the thing was passing by, it, it actually reflected the light of it, and the mm-hmm. sun dimmed for like a split second. It was really weird. Uh, so there's been a lot of activity around the sun, and that would make sense that UFOs would go to the sun or stars sure. like our sun Absolutely. and power up. That would make perfect yeah. sense. But I mean, we need I to go understand. on a planet and. Yeah, I mean, I understand UFOs coming up, you know, from the quote-unquote hollow Earth, because, again, geothermal energy, you would get that down there. That's also a huge source of power. I mean, but going over, like, you know, PSENG's electric power plant, it almost, like, why? (laughs) I mean, just to see how we suck, they're like, oh, wow, 
Oh, she no. Was dumb. It's, it's, well, when I had my encounter, that was sucking the power from the power lines, too. It went right underneath that. The orb was going right underneath where they put the fiber optic cable in. Like a, you know, and it, it looked like it was sucking the power, and then it arced off the iron plate manhole cover right over the uh, the um, power pole was right there, and then sparks came off of the corner of the power pole right there. That was the power line went right across the road, right above the manhole cover. So yep, see all, what, all what he said yep. right there is all what, what what happened with with ours. If it's sucking the power and all that, and so well, you yeah. know, there's, there's several v, uh, there are several UFO videos and films that have captured the UFOs. Circling around a radio transmission tower, so they are able apparently to absorb um, radio emissions of mm. almost any kind. And there are other times when, um, for example, the, the one of my favorite cases is 1967 in Nebraska, where a deputy sheriff named Herbert Shermer had an encounter with a UFO, and uh, his his memory was erased. Uh, he wrote in his logbook that he had come across a UFO on the road and he noted the time in his uh, his log and then he noted that he saw the UFO take off when he handed in his log um, his his sergeant or uh, who's, whoever was in charge of his uh, his patrol uh, asked him about a discrepancy and uh, it was that from the time that he saw the UFO and noted it on the road to the time he noted that it took off, it was a 20-minute time span, and there was no explanation of what happened in the in interim. The other thing that happened to Deputy Shermer was that he had a sunburn on the left side of his face and his left arm, and so and a red mark on the back of his neck, red mark on the back of his neck, and he started to have very uh, severe. Uh, problems sleeping. He couldn't sleep. He was anxious. He was nervous. He didn't know why. Uh, he couldn't j- function very well after a couple of weeks. And then uh, he decided to to go to Leo Sprinkle, the, the famous uh, hypnotist. Yep. And under hypnosis, it turned out that those 20 minutes were filled with a remarkable encounter with a, gr- a tall, long-nosed gray alien who had a one-piece bodysuit with a hood that had an electrical device like a, an ear cup, like half of a headset. And he had on his chest an emblem of a feathered serpent. And the conversation that he had with this alien was really fascinating. He thought it was a truck that was stuck in the middle of the road when he rode up on it. It was in the middle of the <laughs> night, past 2 a.m., and when he came upon it, he thought it was a truck. So he went to investigate, and when he got to it, it was a UFO on the ground. And aliens were around it, and one of them looked at him and walked over to him, right up to the car window, and the alien said to him, Are you the guardian over this place? And Shermer said to him, which is kind of an interesting thing, he said to him, Are you for real? And uh, <laughs> And so... The alien said, uh, well, what do you think of this? So he reached over and he pinched his neck. He pinched him on the side of the neck, at which time Herbert Shermer screamed in pain and passed out. But he came back. He came too. And he spoke to this alien. And this Mr. Shermer was an excellent uh, artist. He drew 
the UFO, he drew the alien. As a matter of fact, the alien looks quite a bit like Mr. Spock. And there is wow. a website. There's a website. Wow, wow. Now, that sounds that's like that's 1967. This is 67, and I think uh -huh. uh, Star Trek came out in 68. Regardless, you can see this on one of my favorite um, sites. It's ufoevidence.org, ufoevidence.org, and the Herbert Shermer case. Or you can Google it. It usually pops up as the first one, and you'll see some drawings. Well, anyway, he says uh, he had a conversation with the alien, and he said uh, the alien told him that they had bases off the coast of California and off the coast of Florida. And he said, uh, why don't you want people to know about you? And the alien said to him very cryptically, we want you to know about us a little bit. And then uh, he explained to him that they're here and they're studying us and they have undersea bases and that they can't let us all know at the same time because uh, humanity's not ready for it. But he, they want us to know about them a little bit. But then he said something very interesting to him, which is kind of sinister. He said, it's one of my favorite lines, if you want about planting memes and mind control, the alien said to him, you will not speak wisely of this night. He used a Jedi mind trick. He, said, he did use a Jedi said, mind trick. And then he, but this is, the, uh, this is the added one. He said, you will not speak wisely of this night. We will come back to see you. So he should speak stupidly wow. of it. I mean, yeah. hold on. Hold on. Did, did he wave his hand? In, hold on. Did he, did he wave his hand in front of his face you know when what? he did this? You know what? Actually, in 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 terms of what uh, Herbert Shermer suffered, you know, the memory loss, uh, the confusion, mm. the anxiety, the neurosis, and knowing something happened, he couldn't speak wisely of it because they had actually erased his memories until uh, the session with uh, Leo Sprinkle. And Brad Steiger was uh, the writer who broke that story. And he's one of our great writers, oh, yeah. writers at uh, UFO Digest. He Let me backtrack a little bit since they've knocked us off four times, you know, for about uh, a week to ten days, four times this year. But uh, Brad Steiger wrote an excellent article which we published in uh, at Halloween, that's called um, Hollywood and the Devil. And that's a real eye-opener. And uh, I would like to point out... Sounds scary. Yes. That Sounds is, legit. It, it, the implications <laughs> of it are, are very interesting. Yeah, But yeah, there's imagine. another article, and I'm very proud of this one. It's by Mark R. Elsis. And it is. it was published on December 8th of this year, and it was... John F. John Lennon was uh, John Lennon was assassinated 35 years ago today, and in that article, he covers a lot of ground. It's a memoriam in memoriam to the life of John Lennon, his lyrics, his statements, some of his music, and it inspired me at the end since since I truly believe that Mark Chapman and and uh, John Hinckley were uh, mind-controlled idiots of the Manchurian candidate type. I believe that's it. Yeah. I decided at the end of that to reveal uh, to reveal a discovery I made in 1996, but I've been keeping all these years. I've been I've spoken of it in private, but it deals with the movie The Manchurian Candidate, and the article. The it, it's actually a postscript to Mark's story, and I wrote it as. 
postscript postscript to the Manchurian candidate. Oh, it's actually MK postscript. MK dash postscript to the Manchurian candidate. And it deals with this problem that I've always had with the film. I love the film. It's a brilliant masterpiece. But since day one in 1963, when I saw it twice that year, I saw it in the summer of 63, and I went twice because it was so mind-boggling and odd and confusing and all of the above. So what bothered me about the movie is that it's such a fine movie, but I thought it had a tragic flaw. And the flaw was, why in heaven's name did they get an English actor to play an American Marine? Do you remember who the actor was? No. I okay. don't. I don't. I remember okay. Angela Angela All right. Lansbury. Angela Lansbury won the Academy Award for it. Frank Sinatra was in it. James right. Gregory, Leslie Parrish. Uh, all-star cast, really. So what happened is that um, it bugged me. It left me feeling like, man... Something ain't right here, you know. As a kid, like that just doesn't wash. Why did they well, get Robert, an English did he, actor? Did he we have had it thousands in- of American actors in Hollywood, and we had hundreds, probably, of ex-Marines trying to become actors, and they could have gotten any American actor to play him, but they got a Latvian-born, English-speaking uh, Englishman because. Lawrence Harvey for me was a hundred percent English. Lawrence right? Harvey, thank you. Okay, there you so go. here it goes. Yeah. Now that flaw in the movie never left me i saw it in the 60s i saw it in the 70s 80s 90s and then when i was in the midst of the jfk assassination i said to myself you know i'm going to review this for the four top because there's always information in there you know four top assassination movies in my estimation of the last 50 years and they would be suddenly 1954 with frank sinatra as the would-be assassin Right, I think I remember that, yeah. The Manchurian Candidate, 1962. Um, the Day of the Jackal with James Fox about the attack to Gaul. Yep. And Behold the Pale Horse with Gregory Peck as the mm. Basque. And, and not JFK? Well, I don't consider JFK, um, I call it, that's more of a documentary and historical <laughs> piece. You know, these were, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make a distinction. These were, quote-unquote, entertainment movies, you know? And so, The Manchurian Candidate, in 1996, I decided to review all of them, and now I'm not watching them as entertainment or for a distraction, you know? I'm studying them. So when I run The Manchurian Candidate in 1996, I'm wondering about that weirdness about having this Englishman playing an American Marine. Mm-hmm. As the titles were unfolding, starring Frank Sinatra, Leslie Parrish, Angela Lansbury, and introducing... Lawrence Harvey as Raymond Shaw. Mm. When I saw that title, the L grew giant. The A-U-R grew small. The E grew big. The N-C grew small, or diminished in size. It didn't grow small. It got smaller. And the last E looked big. And I said, Lee Harvey? Holy mackerel. Hmm. In That's 1962... In 1962, they cast this movie about a political assassination of a presidential candidate, and they chose an English actor whose name has embedded in it, Lee Harvey. Wow. The rapper uh, uh, was out of a hat a year later. 
Is that his real name? Have you looked it up on IMDb or his historical? Was Lawrence that Harvey's? Lawrence mm-hmm. Harvey's real name? Mm-hmm. I believe he had a Latvian name and that he changed it. Uh, they escaped. His, he was born in Latvia, but his parents escaped the Soviet Union. He grew up English. My, 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 uh, I'm half Latvian, and my grandparents uh, escaped with the opera. They, had, they were touring, and they, they uh, entered this country from the opera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just Latvian. Yay, yeah. Latvia. But, uh, no, that's just... Great culture, great chess players. I play chess with Latvians all the time on chess. Do you? Um, wow. Well, I would love I, to. I, I haunt chess.com late at night. I call it my uh, mental floss or my brain scrub. At the end of the day, uh, no matter what, I, I well, go I want to I know what made those letters recede when you when you tell that no, it's story. My mind, that, my mind was yeah. it was an insight. It was uh, just an insight. I saw it through. wasn't actually on the screen. It was no, 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 no. It, it popped out to you. It was mushrooms. It was mushrooms of Lawrence. It did. I thought I'm there was some special effect that we didn't know about or something. That they stood out as if those letters were bigger than the other right. letters in the name. And as a result, I saw Lee Harvey. The point is that the movie was made in 1962 and cast mm. in 1962, a year before President Kennedy was assassinated. And I, wow. it was MK Ultra was operating behind the scenes to get mm. that actor to put that name in a subliminal mode in all our heads so that yeah, yeah. millions of people had seen the Manchurian yeah. candidate. Yep. As I said, they pulled this rabbit out of the hat and they said, oh, the assassin of the president is Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. Wow. And so everybody said, wow. whoa, Rob, that sounds me- right to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and who, directed that Harvey who directed that one? Manchurian. Yep, the Manchurian who, candidate. Who, dire- who directed it? I'm looking it up. John now. Frankenheimer. Okay, and, wow. And I learned uh, in studying the film and the history of the film that President mm-hmm. Kennedy was a big mover. He wanted that movie made. He helped John Frankenheimer get the backing. He gave it an encouragement. And as a result of his involvement in making the Manchurian candidate, of course, his enemies in Central Intelligence and the MK Ultra project said, oh, oh yeah, okay. He wants to make a movie. Let's help him make a movie. And they put in Lawrence Harvey to wow. uh, to wow. massage our minds yep. and create a subliminal receptivity to the big lie that Lee Harvey Oswald... Right, and just uh, in passing, anybody who ha- who likes horror, H- horror films, you guys should all see the movie called Seconds, S E C O N D S seconds. It is Rock Hudson's greatest movie, and it's John Frankenheimer, and it's so scary in a subtle way. Yeah. Uh, You guys, guys, promise me you'll see seconds. Oh, I will. I was a great fan of Rock Hudson. Uh, He really affected me. Black and white. In particular, The Gathering of Eagles. Don't know that one. Don't know that it's one. About the, I know all the Doris Day movies. The Strategic Air Command. Yeah. And it's a thinly veiled uh, yeah. Found it of uh, Curtis LeMay. They have yeah. a Curtis LeMay caricature in there about how tough, how hard he was. And and, and who was Dr. Strangelove uh, patterned after? Henry Not Kissinger. Was it Kissinger? <laughs> I think it's Kissinger, actually. I think it might be, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's Kissinger. Let me no. ask you a question, Robert. We had it in the chat room earlier, and I think that was a great lead-in sure. to it. 
uh, UFO Not wants to know if you your opinion of the film Everything is a Rich Man's Trick. Uh, it is JFK to 9-11. Well, I'm very proud of the film. I'm happy that he made it. I, am, I don't subscribe to Mr... Francis Richard Connolly's uh, socialistic socialist impulse, oh, impulses. I'm not a socialist, uh, and he's got that kind of bad, uh, you know uh, purpose behind it. But I have to say that I'm happy he made it. He focuses on my work. He gives me credit. He uses my my writings uh, basically as uh, the script for the assassination of Officer Tippett. I'm happy that people know more than two million. I think it's up to two, two and a quarter million people have seen the film. But he remade the film uh, and made another version that's called The Unfortunate Truth of the JFK Assassination. That one's even better because he removed the first hour with the history of the Bush family and jumps right into the assassination. But when he does it this time, he really does uh, a, a marvelous job at dramatizing the doctoring of Officer Tippett's body, the substitution of the body for President Kennedy. And uh, it's a monumental film. And the other one was long at three hours and 45 minutes, but he devotes four hours in this one to the whole scheme. John Leggett, the <clears throat> the master mortician that I call the, Mike, the Michelangelo of morticians, was... was uh, well, he was actually abducted by who uh, powers that be and uh, made to do the dressing up of Tippett's body. And uh, his wife is the one who brought this to light. Uh, Mrs. John Liggett told the story of how what an artist he was, an artisan, you know, the best mortician in all of Texas. And on the day of the assassination, he disappeared completely. And he came back the next day uh, 36 hours later, completely drained, hmm. uh, stressed, disheveled, his you know, shirt hanging out. She said he would never dress like that. And then he got his family together and said, we're leaving town. we got to get out of here. So he got everybody in the car, headed down toward the Mexican border, stopped in San Antonio in a motel, and stuck to the television all night. In the morning, he was watching the television when Oswald was killed. He got up, he said, okay, everybody pack up, we can go back now, everything's going to be all right. And he grew uh, remarkably rich, immensely rich, but he seems to have gone on to a a great long-standing psychopathic career as a murderer and uh, disappeared. But his wife... But wait, how how do you know about the murders? I mean, that that could be... Um, There's... there's, uh, there's documentation of his involvement and so the suspicion of his role in wow. killing a few people and burning the bodies and things like that. But if so you a do, real if, psych- wow, he, he went the wrong yeah. way. He went the dark. Yeah, way. some of it. Some of it is actually contained in the second movie, the uh, the unfortunate truth of the JFK assassination. So that one goes. That's like bookends. The bookends of Mr. Connolly's work, and I'm happy that he did it because you know, it's been. I, I like to say it. It was a very lonely time. When I was the only one that knew this, and uh, it's taken 25 years for people's minds to open up and be able to see it. Now people look at it and say, yeah, (laughs) it's obvious. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. obvious now because you have released the filters, the psychic uh, blinders that were imposed on us 
Uh, you know, Robert, I think it's funny. I don't think there's many Americans left that believe that uh, JFK was just killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, everybody thinks that there's a major conspiracy. That's why. That's why I yeah. look upon 2015 as mm-hmm. as the watershed year. I think it is the year that we broke the cover up. Uh, another friend of mine, um, Scott Teeters, uh, with whom I appear on his show regularly, uh, yeah. said to me, "You know, when do you think? And 2017 is the date they're supposed to release all the files. Mm-hmm. And do you think the government is really going to do it?" <laughs> I said, "Doesn't matter if the government is going to do it because we already did it. I'm extremely <laughs> proud of the American people. It's we who are telling the government what happened. They are mm-hmm. bound, sworn to a lie, to uphold this." Fake history of ours. I but mean, even if they, even if they're going to release the the documents, do they have to by law? I mean, can they like pass well, the, a motion the, the not to? The decision was made uh, during the period of the Assassination Records Review Board. The the review board uh, scoured the records. They released tremendous number of them, and then there was this residual batch of files that they still felt that it was not the right time, and uh, those files are probably the ones that link uh, George H. Bush directly to the assassination of President Kennedy. So they're waiting for all the malefactors to just finally croak and die. Right. Right? Yeah, makes sense. So that's what I think it is, protecting the guilty. Every president since Johnson has been a gatekeeper for the the JFK assassination uh, cover-up. You think but even Clinton? Because I know Clinton was a huge fan of uh, of Kennedy's. Pardon me. Even Bill Clinton, you think? Because uh, he was a huge Kennedy fan. Well, you know, Bill Clinton is is a kind of uh, a strange guy with uh, multiple. That's an understatement. Yeah, that's true. He was in on it with Bush. He was in on it with Bush, and he beat Bush, and he became the big honcho. But Bush is a very uh, aggressive and vindictive kind of personality, too, you know, and uh, kind of holds grudges. And I think that Clinton, to protect himself and to tell him, you mess with me and everybody's going to know the real story, it was Clinton who started the Assassination Records Review Board. Oh, wow. Because JFK, the movie, came out and there was a groundswell. Of, of reaction, of demands for the truth. We all saw it. We all wanted it. And the groundswell was so great that he, he had to do something. But in doing that something, he was also putting the the masterminds uh, on notice. You mess with me, and everybody's going to know everything a lot sooner than we, we agreed to. So I think that he was holding that over Bush's head. Uh, to protect himself during his tenure in the presidency. Wow. It would make sense because, I mean, they went after him really hard with the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, and they could not impeach him. I mean, no matter what they tried, they they failed at every angle. Yeah. yeah. He was pretty Teflon, too. Like, yeah, 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 he was. About Reagan. <laughs> But you yeah, know but they what? had they had dirt on everybody who was on the committee. I mean, uh, Newt Gingrich was fooling mm-hmm. around while he was. They yeah, all had the really dirty little boys. You know, there's a bunch exactly. of people. Washington. So they couldn't. Successful. Yeah, <laughs> that's a funny. Yeah. That's a funny thing because they they were picking on Bill really hard, and I'm like, really, like none of you other guys have ever cheated on your wives, really. Right. Really. Oh, Nobody yeah. else in Congress has ever done this. Yeah. There's not one other politician who has not gotten a hand job from one of the interns. That's never happened before, right? Ever. Let's be honest. 
Never. Yes, but um, it's really Lou different. Lou in the chat room says lone assassin, by the way. That's what Lou says. Lou says lone assassin. That's what Lou thinks. Just chiming in. Lou thinks that it was a lone assassin? Lou does. But I wonder if he thinks it's uh, Lee Harvey or somebody else. Lou, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Answer that, Lou. Honestly, I don't think Lee Harvey could have acted alone when you look at all the evidence that's mounting up on this Folks, uh, conspiracy. Lee Harvey it's just Oswald. impossible. Lee Harvey Oswald was working for Robert Kennedy as an FBI informant. He was sent down there to infiltrate groups and find out about assassination plots. And he tried to warn um, the FBI. There was a, mm. a, there was a telegram received on the Thursday before the assassination in Washington. And it stated that there would be an assassination attempt on President Kennedy in Dallas. And that telegram was quashed, and it was found years and years later. So Hoover was the mastermind in, in quashing the warning and then manipulating the uh, evidence to force true the single gunman theory. Listen, uh, great things, great things have happened. There is a site, uh, Randy Gunter has a JFK assassination site on Facebook. And about a week and a half ago, Randy uh, posted four photographs that exposed the whole cover-up. They're photographs of the limousine and the bullet holes in the limousine. Bullet hole right straight through the front windshield from front to back slightly mm. to the right of center line that was shot from opposite the grassy knoll the other side of elm street there's bullet holes in the uh frame of the um the frame that holds the rear view mirror there's a bullet hole in the roll bar and it's obvious when you see these photographs that multiple assassins were firing from the Daltex building from behind and from across the street shooting through the window and that uh, President Kennedy literally died in the as the words were given by Walter Cronkite on the first day when he got word he said President Kennedy was killed in a fusillade of bullets mm. a fusillade of bullets is not three mm. shots mm. No. the other point is Scores of people said they heard firecrackers. They thought they heard mm. firecrackers, and firecrackers just don't go bang. Right. Exactly. Burst. Yeah, yeah. So they. How many bullets in, in total do you think were were fired at Kennedy? My count is five shooters, each getting three shots. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Lit and, him and up. the pattern. Yep. And the pattern. Wow. Of shooters. <laughs> wow. Making a yeah, stop. but does the Zapruder film support that? The Zapruder film supports nothing but the single gunman theory because it is a totally doctored, mm -hmm. altered, mm -hmm. mind control experiment in optical illusion and mass hallucination. And that is proven. Mm. Oh, yeah. You, know, you know how many people thought for years that the uh, driver shot Kennedy just from that video? Right. The, yeah. No, here's one of the reasons they had to doctor it. The, the driver did draw his gun. He, you know, the Secret Service, they're, they're trained. You hear right. gunshot, you draw your weapon. Well, right, right. Greer did do that. He, put a, he had his hand on the wheel, left hand on the wheel. He reached into his left side shoulder holster, 
whipped around because he heard the president say, oh, my God, I've been shot. And he heard the report of the shot. He whipped around holding the gun. And the Zapruder film recorded that, and a man named Hugh Bessner saw it. He describes him turning around and seeing the Secret Service driver holding a gun. But the timing was such that he heard the shot. Kennedy stood up, said, oh, my God, I've been shot. He stood up, and he fell back into his seat. And he turned around and drew the gun, and the next instant, the bullet came through the windshield and hit Kennedy in the throat. Wow. So the, the Zapruder film, being a silent film... If you saw that event, you might conclude that it was rear turns with the gun, Kennedy reacts to the throat shot, you would mm -hmm. think that he shot the president. He didn't shoot the president. But he yeah. might as well have. He stepped on the brakes, he stopped the car, he yeah. didn't speed up. <laughs> yeah. You know? And Mrs. Kennedy actually blamed him. You wow. know? Later on she said if that Secret Service driver, if he just gotten us out of there, you know? And he himself, it's a really tragic scene but at uh, Parkland Hospital he fell on his knees crying and begging her forgiveness he knew he'd screwed up no, but no let me just say about Greer he was put in a situation where the Secret Service was set up as a bunch of fall guys and patsies mm -hmm. and when he turned the corner he, tur he turned the corner he made two mistakes one is he didn't recognize the real Elm Street and the real Elm Street being a turn from uh, Houston onto um, Elm Street was a turn of more than 90 degrees, you see? Mm. And the it's a really adjacent to the service road of the uh, Texas School Book Depository, which is a 90-degree turn. So he came across the street, and he saw the, the, the uh, service road at a right angle. He thought that was it. He was unfamiliar with Dallas. He hadn't ridden through that before. And then he saw Elm Street, so he cut the car and turned it. When he did that, his right wheel hit the curb, bounced the car up, bounced the car down, and he had to recenter the car. That is cut out of the Zapruder film. Interesting. You do not see the car turn the corner. It's an optical illusion. They use three motorcycles that made the turn, but they make you think that those three motorcycles are the same motorcycles that were escorting the president, and they were not. They were three separate motorcycles in the vanguard. There were two cars ahead of President Kennedy's. Mm -hmm. There was the pilot car, and then the chief of police's car, and then and these were escorted by a motorcycle uh, escort. So when this motorcycle escort came around the corner... Your eye is following the third motorcycle. At the moment that that third motorcycle is dead center, they cut the film and juxtapose another motorcycle, which is a different motorcycle, which is one of the ones that was with President Kennedy's entourage. But it makes you believe that you saw the car turn the corner. But when you do a frame-by-frame -frame analysis, mm -hmm. and this is at frame 129, 130, you will see there's no car in the street and instantly in the next frame the car is in the street. And then there are several more cuts at 155, 56, at 165, 67, yeah. at 207, 212. Did you hear what I just said? 27, 212? That's mm -hmm. how they counted it. They claimed that they had damaged five frames and the excuse of having damaged five frames permitted them to remove five, five feet to ten feet of film at right. that point where the car went behind the sign, President Kennedy was shot, he stood up, 
and Zapruder said he saw his red hair pop up above the sign. And uh, it's, it goes on from there. But at the grassy knoll, that's been cut to pieces. Uh, if you look at the work of Douglas Horn, he's got a six-hour documentary. I think part five is on the Zapruder film and the chain of possession. Mm-hmm. And he has the documentation that shows that the Zapruder film was shot by Zapruder, taken to a lab in te- in, tex- in Dallas. Two copies were made. One was given to the Secret Service. One was purportedly sold to Time Life. But those films left Dallas, were taken by the CIA to CIA headquarters. On Saturday, they were analyzed by a group led by Dino Brugioni, who was the top photo interpreter there. And he saw the original. And then they took that film, they worked up a storyboard. Listen to that, the storyboard of frames. <laughs> right? So then they took those films and sent them to Rochester to Nighthawk Laboratories. That was the, the top secret photo analysis, photo reproduction, and photo uh, doctoring unit of Kodak, uh, the Kodak uh, Film Company. Mm-hmm. There the film was replicated. Four black and white copies were made. Two more masters in color were made. Then those films were sent to Washington, and another team worked on them. And those are the films where the frames were reduced. And he was able to get some of those storyboards, and Douglas Horn has them on in this video. And if you have it on a big screen TV, my eyesight is so good that I can see and read what's in between. The, he's got two boards, eight pictures, four pictures on each board. And it's a sequence of that, um, you know, the grassy knoll scene. Mm-hmm. And in between... There's a little sign that says, between this frame and this frame, 44 frames missing. Between the second frame and the third frame, and the fourth, third frame and the fourth frame, 40 frames are missing. That gives wow. you an idea of how many frames were cut. How, how long did they have the footage? You're talking about 40 frames. You're talking about more than two seconds of time, if it right, was eight right. frames per second. But how, long did they, how long did they have the footage in their procession? Before they, they, had, out. they well, well, here's they never really gave it up. They they gave a, a bogus copy to Time Life, right? And Zapruder had his copy, and uh, they had these alternate copy of the black and whites from which they drew black and white photos that they could show in newspapers. The color photos that appeared in the Time Life, a uh, Time magazine. No, it wasn't Time. It was Life magazine a week after the assassination. They published the strips. Now, let me tell you, when I saw these strips, my mind went crazy. I'd been making movies, 8mm movies, since 1959. I got my first camera, 8mm camera, in 1959. So I'd been doing these films for four four years. And I was cutting films with razor plates and joining them and editing them. And I had exactly the same kind of camera that Zapruder had. This uh, top-of-the-line Bell & Howell movie camera that had still frame, 18 frame per second, and had slow motion. And Zapruder told the Warren Commission, when they got into an argument with him, that in, in, in inexplicit terms, he was telling them, I shot this film in slow motion. Because he said, your film uh, 
you shot that at 18 frames per second. He said, no, I shot the film at 24 frames per second. He says, no, but the FBI says it was 18 frames per second. He said, no, I, I shot the film at 24 frames per second. And he was very insistent on that. So who are you going to believe? The FBI that was covering it up or the man who bought the camera, owned the camera, put the film in the camera, set the settings. He said he shot it in 24 frames per second. Now, what's the significance of that? The significance is that 24 frames per second, when shown on an 18 frame per second projector, results in slow motion by one right. third. Mm-hmm. See? So he was telling them, I shot this film in slow motion. And when they realized that, they dropped the subject, they turned the conversation in another direction, and they uh, just quashed this information. So the film, listen to this. I'm telling you, he said he shot it at 24 frames per second, so the film should be one-third slower. Right. Right? Now, the car never went faster than 11.4 miles per hour. Right, So at one-third slower, let's make the number 12. Let's say 12 miles an hour. One-third slower. We should see a car that's crawling at 8 miles an hour. But what we see is a car that's moving at 35 miles an hour. And Uh I can tell you this because... I went down to Dallas three times. I stood up on that pedestal uh, where Zapruder shot his, uh, the abutment where he shot his, uh, his film, and I was panning traffic. I had my hands, you know, uh, quadrangled, like, you know, when, when cinematographers use their hands to frame something. To frame so the I'm scene. framing, right I'm running through it. I'm using the traffic on Elm Street, coming down the street from the corner past the sign, and I'm panning them. And one after another in 10 cars. And all of a sudden I realized, you know, these cars are doing about 20 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour. And they're still moving too slow compared to the Zapruder film. And lo and behold, you won't believe synchronicities. Out of the blue comes this fellow named Paul Crute with his JFK assassination limo that he uses to give people rides. From Love Field, you can... Hire him, and he will ride you into Dallas following the entire parade route that Kennedy followed right into Dealey Plaza. So all of a sudden, this convertible Lincoln Continental limousine comes roaring down the street, and I go like this. Wow! I sweep. I pan across really fast. And now, that guy looks like he's moving like this. Like in the Zapruder film, and he was doing 35 miles an hour, and that's when I realized it was mind-boggling. Mm. The magnitude of the deception, the magnitude of the optical illusion and the mass hallucination that all of us had been suffering until 1993 when I, when I tore it apart and, and broke this, uh, this story at the University yeah, it's a, it's a, of Chicago. It's an amazing story. You know, and it's funny because anybody who's edited film uh, knows how easy it is to, to manipulate film and, and doctor something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not very hard. I've done it for editing you know, other projects and stuff. Uh, so it's very, very simple. And when you're talking about that kind of footage, it's even easier when you have a, a, you know, a trained staff of people doing this stuff. Uh, guys, stick around. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got more with Robert Morningstar. We also have open lines. If anybody wants to call in and ask Robert <laughs> anything, please do so. God bless you. Uh, the number is 786-245-8127. This is Skywatchers Radio you're listening to on the PSN Radio Network, psn-radio.com. We'll be right back. Stick around for more Skywatchers. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s 
secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. All right, everybody, uh, we're back live on Skywatchers Radio right here on psn-radio.com, the PSN Radio Network. Guys, you can call in if you want, 786-245-8127. We'd love to hear your questions to Mr. Robert Morningstar, talking about UFOs, talking about JFK, talking about the assassination and conspiracy. Uh, You know, Robert, one thing that's always fascinating me about JFK and the, the conspiracy angle of his death and something that has been talked about, you know, I don't think enough, but I think it's been covered uh, pretty well, is uh, the UFO angle, if maybe that has something to do with this uh, assassination. Do you think there's any connection there? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Mm. Dr. Robert right? Dr. Robert yeah. Wood and uh, Ryan Wood, they mm-hmm. have a uh, website, MajesticDocuments.com. Right. Yep. Through freedom of information, they have been able to get a tremendous number of documents, but also through leaking. They're, they are trusted professional people. And uh, apparently, uh, it's obviously, obviously, eight years, uh, 2007, end of 2007, someone leaked to Dr. Robert Wood and Ryan Wood what is called the burned memo. The Burn Memo is a carbon copy of a series of memoranda that originated in the CIA that was supposed to be burned. And for some reason, a CIA agent with a conscience threw the papers in the fire and then decided he relented. No, he pulled that one, that batch of papers out, and they're singed. And when you see the originals, you can see the burn and smoke marks. But the message is clearly clearly there. They were worried that Lancer, which was President Kennedy's code name, his his name was Lancer and Jackie's name was Lace. Okay, Lyndon Johnson's uh, code name was Volunteer. Get that, Volunteer for President, right? So 
when you that read is funny, this memo, when you read this memo, it explicitly says Lancer has been asking questions about our work. This cannot be allowed. You must not answer the questions. You must deflect them. Then it goes on to say that the situation is getting critical, and uh, they use a code word. Uh, they use the word precipitation uh, for wet works is a term in intelligence, and it refers to bloody, bloody murder. Wet, you know, they're wet. You shoot them right. in the yep. head. Mm-hmm. So wet, wet works is a euphemism for assassination. Right. And in this right. memo, the word precipitation in Washington, if there is precipitation, it says explicitly it may require action of the 5412 committee. And then it gives orders to mobilize um, MK Ultra, MK Spike, uh, and Operation Domestic to to clean up the situation. Hmm. Memo, one of the memos is signed by J.J. Angleton, James Jesus Angleton. Another memo that emerged is the November 12th memo referring to, uh, with, it's a memo to the director of NASA requiring from NASA and the CIA a reclassification of all UFOs uh, referred to as unknowns. President Kennedy wanted to know what were Army, Navy, and uh, Air Force secret projects, UFO projects, unknowns. Also, he wanted to know which were Russians, and he wanted to know the leftover, Hmm. because that's the real UFOs. And he demanded it to be on his desk by February of 1964. And it was obvious that he was planning to tell the world about UFOs. Furthermore, he'd been on a watch list, a suspicious watch list, since 1947, when the, the Air Force's Interplanetary Phenomenon Unit recovered the bodies and the craft at Roswell. They made a report, and in that report, I believe it's point 11, refers to, we have learned that Congressman John F. Kennedy, Democrat of Massachusetts, was briefed on these matters by a staff member of the Secretary of the Air Force on a flight from Washington to Boston. And uh, refers to his father, as a member of president's, the president's committee to reorganize the government. And the implication, the insinuation is that he must be watched because he learned of these things through unofficial channels. So John F. Kennedy already knew three days after Roswell what had happened there. And throughout the 50s, he kept demanding UFO information in the Congress. He spoke in the Congress and in the Senate demanding that we know about UFOs. When he became president-elect, he asked, he was briefed, and uh, they gave him the Stonewall treatment uh, uh, by the Air Force. And he got so angry, he left that briefing. He said, okay, we're going to see about this next time appropriations for the Air Force come up next year. So he was really angry. He knew that they were not giving him the information. And so these memos the Byrne Memo, in, t- in total, refer to the 5412 Committee. 
And the 5412 committee is the committee to which uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty referred to as the secret team. And he wrote a book called The Secret Team. Fletcher Prouty, yeah, so he said, I can't tell you the name of the committee, so I'm calling it The Secret Team, but it's a team of specialists in assassination. Hmm. And he, uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty, I'm, I'm very happy to say, he and I appeared on a radio show together, and he was able to hear my dissertation on the Zapruder film, and I was able to hear his dissertation on the Vietnam War as uh, the principal reason for killing President Kennedy. Mm, and he has, there's a fantastic video on YouTube that's Fletcher Prouty, From the Bay of Pigs to Vietnam. You watch that, and he will give you chapter and verse the whole story. So, I mean, they, they, it, from the looks of it, there were multiple reasons why Kennedy was assassinated. It wasn't just one clear-cut uh, reason. I don't yeah. have enough yeah. fingers on two hands to, to give you the list. Yeah. Give you the He's show. like the best president ever. <laughs> he was also like the last president ever. Yeah. Yeah, really. That's true. <laughs> See, that's why all the other ones are so, quote-unquote, well-behaved. Everybody gets right. the real video of the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, he was the last one that was not a puppet. Yeah. That's, yes. That's exactly yeah. right. You know, there's a sick joke in the uh, JFK assassination uh, circles that they tell at JFK assassination uh, conferences is that President Kennedy was killed because he thought he was the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> that's just wrong. That, that makes wrong. sense. Yes, but it's it's actually yeah, it's true. Yeah. he was the last one who really knew what the presidency uh, entailed and how to execute that office. Everyone after that has been beholden to the uh, powers that be that installed Lyndon Johnson, successfully covered out the, 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 uh, the, the murder. By the way, folks, don't, you know, everybody's saying Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, CIA. The whole Democratic Party conspired in the cover-up of the President Kennedy's death. There was only one congressman who had the courage to come out in public and say, oh, it's a total sham. The Warren Commission is a sham. The killing of the, the murder of President Kennedy is an open secret in Washington. And I heard him say these words on the Alan Burke show in 1966. And the man I'm referring to is Congressman Adam Clayton Powell who was the most long-standing uh, member of Congress. He represented Harlem for 25 years. And just a few months after he made those statements on live television in New York saying that the real killing of President Kennedy was an open secret in Washington and nobody wanted to speak about it, but everybody knew it, he died of cancer hmm. in a very short wow. time. Just the way Jack Ruby died of cancer in a very short time in the hospital. And he said, Jack Ruby said, they've injected me with cancer. And wow. he knew, Jack Ruby knew David Ferry, and David Ferry was involved with Judith Varry Baker uh, and uh, Dr. Alton Oshner at the Oshner Clinic trying to develop the cancer cells that they were hoping to get into Castro so that he would die of cancer. And uh, no fingerprints, you know, no bullet holes. That's what that was their main plan to use uh, cancer and target individuals to hit them with a very fast spreading cancer. So it's just ironic that 
They used, it seems to me they used it on Jack Ruby and quite a few other people, including, in my estimation, Adam Clayton Powell. Wow. Listen, uh, we got Lou on the line. Lou, you want to ask Robert a question? I do, and it's not uh, to argue, but rather, Mr. Uh, Morningstar, could you go further down the line and say who you think did it or whatever? I mean, you know what I'm trying to ask. Yes. Before, you, before, that you answer that, uh, before you okay. answer that, there's uh, also a question that actually ties into that, uh, which I'll let you answer You know, both right off the bat. It uh, uh, comes from Jesse Randolph, actually, and uh, he wanted to know... Uh, the JFK, I think it was a JFK movie. I'm not, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was uh, the movie we were referencing earlier. Uh, yes. That talks about the murder of Kennedy being Woody Harrelson's father. Um, is do you think that is the actual person who committed the murder? Yeah, I'd like to say hi to Jesse Randolph. Uh, I remember him. We're really good yes. friends, and I appeared on his show uh, a mm-hmm. couple of times many years ago. So good to hear from you. Um, as to who did it. It was organized by the Central Intelligence Agency. It was... uh, I'm going to be very frank with you folks. Well, good. I'm always frank with... Sometimes I have to hold (laughs) secrets, you know? Right. But I'm going to tell you a secret that I've held for, well, more than a year and a half. When I went to California uh, to do the talk at the Secret Space Conference, I was approached by a gentleman... Uh, who said he wanted to speak to me in private. He's a very well-known person. I trust him implicitly. I promised him that I would never divulge his name as long as he lived. Um, But he took me aside. He wanted to have lunch with me. And he said to me, when I was a young man, I was 21 years old, I was the top rifleman in, in Texas. And I won every contest possible. One day... This man came over to me and said to me, I was at the firing range. He said to me, hey, you're a pretty good shot. And I said to him, thank you very much. And he said, "Uh, yeah, we've been watching you. Um, We'd like to talk to you about a job. He said, oh, a job? He said, okay, I'll meet with you. So he went to meet with the man. And the man said to him, "Uh, are you interested in making some money? And he said, how much? He said, $2 million. (laughs) $2 million? What do I have to do? He said, well. You have to kill someone. Who do I have to kill? Yeah. Well, he didn't exactly. ask that. He said, what do I have to do? And he said, well, you have to kill someone. And he said, oh, who do I have to kill? And he said, John F. Kennedy. And I said to him, what? You're telling me that in June of 1963, someone approached you in Dallas and said to you that they were offering you $2 million to kill President Kennedy? He said, yep. And he was looking dead straight in the eye. And, you know, I could feel the the weight of what he was telling me, you know, he'd been carrying this for so many years and he was just, I hate to say it, he was dying to tell someone else and me, and he trusted me because he said, I know your work, I know what you've done and I want to tell you something. And so I said to him, you're telling me that somebody offered you $2 million to kill President Kennedy in June of 1963? He said, yep. I said, do you remember who that man was? said, yep. You know his name? Yep. And he said, I said, who was it? And he looked at me right in the eye and he said, George H.W. Bush. Wow. Wow. We have pictures of George Bush in Dealey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Nobody had a greater grudge or reason for seeing President Kennedy dead 
and George H. W. Bush and Lyndon Johnson. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if you would, say, uh, I'm, oh, and, Lyndon Johnson. I'm sorry. And or, Lyndon Johnson. George, H., to George, to George. If I understood you correctly, you say George, the father, Bush, yes, had yes. a grudge against. Yep. Could you yes. just say what that is? Not because I'm I don't going know. To tell you what that grudge is. To. I'm okay. going to tell you what the yeah. grudge is. Mm-hmm. George H. Bush was a front man for the CIA since the 1950s. He was a member of the CIA, but he was a public figure in that he was running the initial offshore oil drilling experiments, which they were in the 1950s. Offshore oil drilling was a concept that came out of the CIA. They funded it, and George Bush and Zapata Oil were the front men for this uh, experiment in, in underwater drilling. He had platforms, Zapata oil platforms, that were dotting uh, north of Cuba. And it was from these platforms that the attacks on Cuba by, by uh, anti-Castro Cuban boats were being run. But prior to that, George H. Bush was in charge of the Bay of Pigs invasion. And it was now, his... Is that right? Yes, his money was uh, invested in the two ships. He bought two ships from the U.S. Navy, had them painted black, had them renamed. One was named Barbara, the other was named Houston. Both those ships were shot out of the water. They were sunk, uh, wallowing in shallow waters at the Bay of Pigs. 1,500 men were captured, including... Paul Kangas, from whom I get this information, you can look up Paul Kangas on YouTube. He was he says explicitly, I was in the Bay of Pigs invasion. I was captured along with uh, Frank Sturgis, E. Howard Hunt, Felix Rodriguez, and a whole list of others. And he says, George H.W. Bush, Bush was my boss. He was the commander-in-chief. I took my orders from him in the Bay of Pigs invasion. Okay? So George Bush not only lost $2 million invested in the invasion, mm-hmm. lost two ships, but he lost all the prestige that he had garnered in the CIA for 10 years, from 53 to 6, uh, oh, nearly 10 years, to, to um, 1961, when the Bay of Pigs fiasco occurred. Now, here's the clincher. The Bay, uh, the Bay of Pigs was a total fiasco, and it was disgraceful, and, and as a result, the three top men in the CIA were fired. Alan Dulles, Richard Bissell, and Richard mm-hmm. Cabell. Richard Cabell was a general in the U.S. Air Force, and he was the top man in the CIA in UFOs. He was also the brother of the mayor of Dallas. Interesting. Earl Cabell. Earl Cabell. Right, yeah, Cabell. In the north, we say Cabell, and in Mm -hmm. uh, the south, James Garrison called him Earl Cabell. Okay, so Earl Cabell. I always say Cabell. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it's very close, isn't it? There is resonance there. So um, he he lopped off these heads, and uh, they never forgave him. But here's the clincher. The Bay of Pigs led to the Cuban Missile Crisis later on, and Kennedy right. made a deal with Khrushchev not to attack or invade Cuba. He said, mm-hmm. you know, pull out yep. the missiles, and we'll pull out the missiles in, uh, out of Turkey. That was to- wasn't told to the American public, but it was a quid pro quo. We He took the missiles out of Cuba. We took the Jupiter missiles, which were obsolete, out of Turkey, which is on the border of Russia. However, 
He promised yeah, right. not to harass Castro's Cuba, not to attack him anymore. But he found out right. later on that members of Operation 40, uh, the anti-Castro Cuban brigade, was still conducting these patrol boats or speed boats, uh, infiltrating mm -hmm. uh, Cuba, burning plantations, sh shooting up right. docks, killing uh, officials and so on. And he said, you know, I promised... Khrushchev said we wouldn't do this and these rogue CIA agents are running these operations with the anti-Castro Cubans so he sicked the FBI on them and, oh, the wow. and Robert Kennedy was in on it too he said like, we got to get rid of these guys they could yeah. start <laughs> we just missed nuclear war and now they're, they're making you look like a, a man who doesn't keep his word Mm. You know, so, it's funny, Robert, because as, as a Cuban and uh, knowing some of the stuff that you know our, my people have gone through uh, since Castro took power, uh, it's, it's been pretty uh, clear in the United States that they do go after these militia groups that try to inf infiltrate Cuba. Uh, they really are focused on finding these people like immediately. They yes. create uh, these yes. groups that, that want to take Castro down, and they've been doing that for 30-plus years, 40 years now. That's exactly. Yeah. So Kennedy was, and the, the Kennedys, plural, were right. really angry at this uh -huh. group of rogue CIA uh, agents that were still doing these things. And so they seek the FBI on them, and they tell him, arrest these men. Mm. Find out who they are. They're rogues. They're renegades. I want you to arrest them. Who were they going to arrest? They were going to arrest the person that was in charge of the anti-Castro-Cuban program in Operation 40, and that was George H.W. Bush. Huh. So... Lyndon Johnson had his neck in the noose already because of the impeachment proceedings that were going on uh, during this period of time, June through November. And as a matter of fact, it was on November 22nd that a uh, Senate committee was supposed to come down with its uh, ruling that uh, Johnson should be impeached. And Time magazine had been working with the administration on a November 22nd uh, weekend issue that was going to highlight the impeachment of Lyndon Johnson. Hmm. So Lyndon Johnson mm -hmm. had to become president before 1 o'clock in the afternoon, November 22nd, 1963, to stay out of jail and mm -hmm. to stop President Kennedy from giving that speech at the trademark, which some people believe was going to be a spontaneous, impromptu disclosure of the UFO presence. Wow. And, and just for what this is worth, and there's really no answer, but I, I'll ask anyway. Let's just say there was only the Bay of Pigs when it was only potentially UFO disclosure. Do you think they would have killed him or both? That is, if there was only Bay of Pigs, do you think they would have killed him? Or if there was I only think, UFO disclosure? I, th I think so. I think they couldn't take a risk. That's what's so uh, dangerous. The, implica the implications yeah. of those memos, and, and I heartily recommend to you uh, MajesticDocuments.com because uh, Dr. Wood has put a tremendous uh, resource in our hands there. You can read the Twinning Memo, the General Twining. Oh, sure. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. All of those. Those two are excellent. Uh, mm -hmm. Particularly the older gentleman, Dr. Wood, that Ryan Wood is also yeah. incredible and competent. Um, well, I think very highly of Dr. Wood. Ryan has written a, a really good book on all the UFO crashes that occurred mm -hmm. from the late 30s through the 1940s into the 50s. And we, everybody talks about Roswell in 19, uh, 
47. 47, but yeah. there were uh, other uh, crashes earlier in Arizona. There were crashes mm-hmm. in Kingman, Arizona. There was in Astor, Arizona. There was yep. Port Girardeau uh, in Missouri, which is a fascinating case. That was a, and two photos that have emerged from that uh, that incident of uh, a, lo- a group of locals holding the body of the the dead pilot, as they referred to him, the the ET. Mm. Well, if nothing else, the, t- the twining memo. Nobody questions that authenticity of that memo. I mean, and that alone is very significant. It's so, interesting. I mean, I realize mm-hmm. there's a lot more information there, but that alone is amazing. You know, I'm it's sorry to interrupt, and I don't want to. Amazing coincidence that I just came from a pre-New Year's Eve party that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and while there, I was speaking to a lady who knew Nathan Twining Jr. She pronounced it Twining. She knew the family. So I said, well, we say twinning in the north. They say twining out there. So anyway, she said that she knew or knows uh, Nathan Twining Jr. and that he told her, yes, it's true, but we can't talk about it privately. There was a crash of uh, at Roswell of a flying saucer, and we did recover alien bodies there. And that came from the son... Oh, the son of uh, General Nathan Twining. And while I'm speaking about the son, I want to recommend to everyone a movie on YouTube that's called The Objective. The Objective. The Objective, okay. yes. It is one of the most important UFO movies that I've ever seen. It is set in Afghanistan. It is about a CIA operation to locate a site... Uh, where very mysterious things are happening. And ultimately, it's very detailed, it's very graphic, it's so realistic that I felt like I was watching a movie that was made by a group of Americans fighting in Afghanistan. Hmm. They were taking a whole movie of their operation. That's how realistic this movie is. Hmm. The objective of I'm going to uh, yeah. check that out later. Yeah. important and mind-boggling thing to me about this movie was I sat through the movie. I was amazed by the story that it told. And then I saw the credits at the end. And it turned out to have been co-produced and co-written by Wesley Clark Jr., the son okay. of General Wesley Clark. Oh, wow. Okay. And I said to myself, this is the good son bringing <laughs> the good father's message to the world. Right. I, uh, you will be amazed by this film. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's, the effects, about right. <laughs> but the, the story itself and uh, how far. And it's uh, on YouTube, the entire film is on YouTube? You yeah, it's, oh. it's on, it says uh, the objective full Check. film. But it's interesting, the first version that I saw had the titles and the credits and listed um, Wesley Clark Jr., but the second has a better quality film. The first one had very poor sound quality, but the second one has both excellent film quality and sound quality, but they don't show the, the credits. Oh, but if you look him up, he's, he, you, you can look up a bio of Wesley Clark Jr., and I think he did us all a, a great service in uh, bringing this, this story. This movie. And this is a made-for-YouTube oh, for, for um, type of well, a movie, or? It probably was, not. It's just no, it's probably it was, on there, but yeah. it was a release. It's on there, but yeah. I believe it was okay. released locally without without really great 
the distribution or large right. distribution right. I see. Okay. sometime around between 2008 or 2009, possibly 2010. But yeah. watch the film. You will, I think you will enjoy it on many levels, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Robert, adventure. And we have Kevin on the line also who, uh, who's been oh, uh, holding patiently. Uh, okay. Kevin, you want, you want to ask Robert any questions? Yeah, uh, goes along the lines of what Lou is asking, and thank you, Angel. Um, no problem, I'm buddy. from Tampa. Mm-hmm. President Kennedy was in Tampa about two or three days before the assassination itself. Um, I've heard that Kennedy was supposed to have been assassinated in Tampa, but Grand mm-hmm. Boulevard at the time, now Kennedy Boulevard, is just an east-west street. Mm-hmm. They couldn't triangulate a shot like they could in Dallas. But the mm-hmm. same cast of players, i.e. Bush, Traficani, and all the others, were in Dallas. Why would they all travel from Tampa to Dallas to see a man they didn't like? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there were many plots. There were, see, this, this President Kennedy had to be killed. And there is a, uh, no single point fla- failure is a term that is used in engineering. No single point failure. You know, you have a system. If part, system one fails, you have a backup. System right. two fails, you have a backup. So right. you've got three. So what I know about this Florida um, episode is that the Miami police was watching a Ku Klux Klan leader named Joseph Miltier, who was friends with a man named William Somerset. And Somerset was an informant for the Miami police. So they rigged a, a tape recorder in his uh, apartment where they could listen in to Somerset discussing, uh, during a poker game, talking with uh, Joseph Miltier. And they recorded on November 8th, 1963, a conversation in which Joseph Miltier said, Kennedy's a dead man, he knows he's marked for death. And Somerset says, well, killing the president, that's a big deal, man. Somebody's going to have to go down for that. He said, yep, we're good there. It's all set up. Going to have somebody in a high office building with a knockdown rifle. Going to pick up a patsy in a couple of hours, pin it on him. But then the same conversation says, oh, they're, they've got plans for him. And he said that uh, a man named Jack Brown was stalking Martin Luther King. And they, he then goes on to describe one of the plots against President possible assassination scenarios was a plan to get a, an assassin with a telescopic rifle in a hotel across from the White House. You know, in the White House in 1963, there was no iron fence. There was a lawn. That's was, true, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And the president would come out on the porch, on the veranda. Mm-hmm sometimes for functions and things and people could see from the street. So the plan described was to get a man in a hotel with a window that had uh, a shot at the uh, White House porch and to kill President Kennedy when he came out on the porch. Now what you've just heard me describe as being spoken about November 8, 1963 is precisely what was done to Martin Luther King Right. 1968. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They got us an assassin. Now, 
Was there nobody on JFK's side? Because this is like a serious. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, hands, yeah, yeah, a lot, a of, lot of hands involved, involved yeah. killing Kennedy. I mean, did he mm-hmm. have no friends? Anybody that tried to stop this? Maybe that's how he knew. He had no friends in the Secret Service. That's okay. for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Listen, yeah. if you listen to Abraham Bolden's story, Abraham Bolden was the Black Secret Service man. He was the first Black Secret Service man who was chosen by President Kennedy explicitly to integrate the Secret Service. They were giving Mr. Bolden very menial jobs with uh, the Secret Service and demeaning jobs, hoping that he would uh, just get tired of it and and leave. So he was stationed in Chicago, and uh, at at Chicago Stadium, uh, I guess it was Soldier Field, President Kennedy had a huge, huge uh, rally and gave a speech. But when he arrived, he really had to take a leak. (laughs) <laughs> so he said, i got to go to the men's room before I give this speech. So they led him to this a men's room, a, a, a bath, uh, a toilet, that was being guarded by Abraham Bolden. So the president walks in to relieve himself and starts talking to Bolden, and he liked him, and he said, you know, how would you like to be part of my Secret Service detail? <laughs> so President Kennedy plucked him out of Chicago and put him in the Washington detail, where he suffered the regular, you know, blackballing, blacklisting, and uh, he made he made an objection to the way the Secret Service men were speaking in the weeks before President Kennedy was killed. Mm. They were so disgruntled and uh, disaffectionate with the president that Abraham Bolden heard them say things like, "Well, if somebody tries to kill him, I don't even know if we should even try to interfere." Wow. Why? And- Listen to this. The man to whom Bolden ascribes that comment was James Rowley, who was the director of the Secret Service. Wow. And James Rowley was part of the cover-up in keeping and quashing the information of Lee Harvey Oswald's association with the CIA secret. Because there is a McCone... Rowley memo written by John McCone who took over the CIA after Dulles was fired written to Secret Service Chief James Rowley and asking him to keep out of the Warren Commission's uh, view the fact that Oswald worked for the Central Intelligence Agency that he had been sent overseas that he had been trained in the US Marines that he had served at Camp Peary and that he had become, uh, that he had been sheep dipped and worked for them. So that memo exists. It's very famous. It's been around a long time. A lot of people try to discredit it, but I see somebody say that's a fraud, and I'll take the it's document. a what? Oh, a fraud. And they'll say it's a, they'll say it's a fraud, right? But what I do mm-hmm. with the document is is I do this. I read the information in it. And then I try to collate it or get other uh, verification of that information. Corroborate it. Corroborate it. Right, to corroborate it. Now, I ask people. You should collate it. Okay. Okay. Because the the arguments are things like, oh, the sign on the the type isn't the right type set, the sign isn't the right sign, the codes aren't the right codes, and so on. So I say to people, okay, let's say that somebody found this document and they knew it was important. 
and they took a piece of paper and they typed the verbatim, they typed the whole document up true to the letter of the original document. And then they take that document and stamp a, a, a facsimile, let's say, of the the CIA's uh, logo or in the, or the uh, Secret Service addresses, and they leak that memo, right? The document is obviously a fraud, you know, it's a right. hoax, because it's not the original document, but all the information of it, in it is true. Is that really a fraud? In my book, it's not a fraud. It's the real information. Right. And that's how I corroborate information. And I've corroborated everything in that memo, including a very interesting reference to a mysterious man named Deputy Sweat. S-W-E-A-T-T. That's a very unusual name. Deputy Sweat. That is an unusual name. So it refers to Deputy Sweat, a deputy sheriff in the... Oh, no, no, excuse me. Chief Deputy. Chief Deputy Sweat. D.W. Sweat. And it refers to him having been spoken to because he was going around and talking about what he experienced in Dealey Plaza. And what he experienced was that he was walking on Main Street with another famous character named um, Weatherford. Harry Weatherford was a uh, an excellent marksman and some people have suspected and said that Harry Weatherford was on the top of the county records building shooting down at President Kennedy but this exonerates Weatherford because Deputy Sweat says that he was on Main Street with Harry Weatherford and that they heard the shots and ran to Dealey Plaza now why did they have to talk to Deputy Sweat it was because Deputy Sweat said that he heard at least six or seven shots. Mm. So they got to Deputy Sweat that weekend. You know, in those days, the police spoke openly to the press. We had open Mm -hmm. channels. Uh, There was a policeman named Al Maddox who saw a bullet strike near a tree across the street. And he ran over, drew his gun, he guarded the tree... He guarded the area, and they said, what are you standing here? Why are you standing here with your gun drawn? He said, when the assassination happened, I saw something happen shoot here near this tree, so I'm guarding it for evidence. And there are photos of an FBI man and uh, Buddy Walters, another, another uh, Dallas policeman who was later killed um, in a setup situation. He was killed by a quote-unquote friendly fire. Hmm a couple of years later. But he was the guy who retrieved this bullet from the grass, and then it was pocketed by an unidentified FBI agent who took it away. So they were cleaning up the murder scene right away. Um, The sign itself had holes in it. And I'd heard about these holes in the sign, and it was one of the reasons that the Zapruder film is doctored right there at the sign. And I was dubious of it. I, I I hadn't seen the holes. So I wondered about this story until early this year I read that Arthur Schlesinger was uh, interviewed Jackie Kennedy about the assassination. And she said that when she turned around to look at Jack, she saw pieces of the sign flying at her and Jack. Oh, wow. Wow. 
So that means that bullets were coming in through the back side of the side yeah. shooting, yeah. right through it. Now that's Jackie Kennedy saying, I saw pieces of Mr. wood the sign sh- coming yeah. right at Mr. Mr. Morningstar, Angel has expanded the show to four hours, so... No! <laughs> uh, Can't do that. My other, if you could quickly address uh, Robert Kennedy, his tie-in, and let me make one point. Kissinger wasn't around until Nixon, so Kissinger couldn't have been the model for Dr. Strangelove. Oh, uh, Kissinger, Kissinger was, surfaced... He was around a long time before he emerged. Yeah, but he, he was wasn't his... known. He was known by the Rockefellers. He wasn't in power. I mean, he was a professor at Harvard. And yeah, but look, look who knew him. Yeah, but look who knew him, the Rockefellers. But well, look he's who a knew car- him. Dr. Strangelove is a caricature and a composite of yeah. many pers- Yeah, many that's, pers- I, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Many uh, yes, I, think, I agree. I agree, but go ahead, Robert Kennedy. You've got another hour and a few minutes to cover okay, that. Robert Kennedy. <laughs> there's a book. Okay, there's Bye, a book. Lou. <laughs> I, like I like to give credit to, uh, to people. As I said, I'm very proud of the American people. Because we, the American people, have broken this cover-up. I'd like to give credit to my friend Roy Schaefer for discovering this. There is a photo called the Alkins film, Alkins photo. It's the one that shows President Kennedy having been shot through the throat. It shows the front of the limousine. You can see through the window, the front Mm -hmm. of the shield. In the background, in the vestibule, of the Texas School Book Depository is a figure looking out at the parade and it's Lee Harvey Oswald. And for many wow. years they've been arguing, oh no, that's Billy Lovelady. He looks like Oswald. And so on. And so this argument's gone on for many, many years. But my friend Roy Schaefer, who lives in Dayton, Ohio, and has marvelous eyesight, he held the original Altkins photo in his hands before it was doctored and saw what it really contained. But he has an, an amazing eye for observations, and he points out that the shirt that the man is wearing in that vestibule has a missing button at the top. And so the V-neck line is a really sharp V that goes down one more button than an ordinary shirt does. When you compare that missing button on that shirt and the line that it makes in the Alkins photo, and you see the photograph of Lee Harvey Oswald arrested, the one with his handcuffs, his hands are cuffed and his fists are clenched, and he was showing the the reporters, you know, these policemen beat me up, and look, they've got me handcuffed, and they've tried to make that like as he was giving the black power sign or the right. you know the fist, the communist fist sign. Mm-hmm. If you see that photo, you look at his shirt. He's got the missing button. That's so he does look. He does resemble uh, Oswald a little bit, though, love lady. He does, but, but the shirt. Yeah. But the shirt he was wearing was totally different than the shirt. Yeah, yeah, shirt. yeah. That's the other part. You know, he, no. he got him to pose with another shirt, and uh, but it just doesn't wash. Right, right. Oswald, you know, it's funny, it's funny though. This case is really coming down to a bunch of like doppelgangers. If you look at uh, Tippett and. Uh, Oh yeah, love lady. <laughs> you said the word. You said the right word. Yeah. And I've been told, you know, there yeah. are many, many researchers. I remember one. There was an ex-army intelligence officer who got involved in the JFK assassination. He was a very strange guy. Uh, he menaced a few people. He wasn't liked for that reason. But we got along well. And he told me. I said, you know, there were two tippets. 
And he looked at me, he said, no. <laughs> he said, no, there were three tippets. I said, what? Now, this thing about the two tippets. The Warren Commission asked Chief Curry that they had heard that Tippett was a friend of uh, Jack Ruby's and that uh, they had an association. And Chief Curry said, no, no, that's another Tippett. That's GM Tippett, not JD Tippett. So I knew about GM Tippett from uh, Captain uh, Curry's. Uh, Did he look like Kennedy also or no? Well, we never saw GM Tippett. Nobody ever found him. He's just referred to in the Warren Commission when Chief Curry tries to uh, debunk the idea that J.D. Tippett knew uh, Jack Ruby. Gotcha. But this fellow, Martin Barkley, said to me, he said, no, there were three Tippets. He said, what? Yep. I said, three Tippets? J.D. Tippett, G.M. Tippett? Who? He said, Fred Tippett. I said, what? What are you talking about? He said, there was a cousin. Tippett had a cousin. His name was Fred. And his family received a call on that afternoon that he had been killed. Fred Tippett. And this is nowhere else. This guy, he was resident in Dallas and he was going all over trying to find the, the, you know, like what we're all trying to find, the truth. Mm, He also said that he had snuck into the basement of the Texas School Book Depository and seen the original sign that had been stashed there because the sign was removed from its position immediately after the assassination. Obviously, they wanted to hide the bullet holes. Right. He claimed mm-hmm. to me that he had broken into the basement of the Texas School Book Depository and found the sign there and that there were indeed bullet holes in the sign. Wow. Uh, how about Bobby wow. Kennedy? Is there a connection between yes. uh, CIA, Bobby Kennedy? Yes, or, yes uh, I would like to recommend to you RFK Must Die. It's a film. I met the producer, director, and uh, cinematographer of it. His name is Sean O'Sullivan. Sean O'Sullivan was born in 1967, and he's Irish, and for that reason, he feels a spiritual connection to Robert Kennedy, so he produced this excellent film called RFK Must Die. And in that, he shows that he found videotape and film that shows three major CIA agents in the uh, lobby of uh, the grand ballroom there where president where president to be Robert Kennedy was assassinated um, I guess you senator senator so, Kennedy yeah senator Kennedy yeah. yeah presidential candidate Kennedy he saw Gordon Gray he saw George Juanitas and David Morales three notorious CIA agents that were involved in in the Cuban uh, affairs, but also in assassination affairs. And as he was showing this film, it premiered here in New York, and I got to see it with him there present, and we were able to have long conversations about it. But as he was showing this film, showing the three CIA agents that he's identified, George Juanitas, Gordon Gray, and David Morales, I spot next to them James what's his name? this uh the man who was caught in the Texas James Braden. James Braden was a notorious uh, member of the local uh, underworld and he was caught in the Dallas um the Daltex building where Zapruder's offices were. He was caught in there with a 
an army intelligence agent who happened to be in the building at the same time when they closed it down. You know, they shut down all the buildings. They rushed them. The police shut them down, got right. everybody. And they took these two men into, uh, into custody. And James Braden was uh, intimately related to H.L. Hunt, another big player in this. He, the, fund, you know, the funding came from right. Texas, Texas Oil. Right, right. He, which the Bush family were heavily involved in. Well, not uh, yes, here it is. <laughs> in the book, Family of Secrets by Russell Baker, on page 83, it says that Fabian Escalante, Castro's chief of uh, intelligence and uh, mm -hmm. noted for his famous in, uh, spy network in the United States, Cuban spy network, reporting to Castro, stated that the funding for the JFK assassination was provided by Texas oil men who had been recruited to pay for it by George H.W. Bush and Jack Crichton. There Jack Crichton was involved in heavily in military intelligence. Mm -hmm. And there it is in black and white in Family of Secrets by Russell Baker. He goes by wow. Russ Baker. That so does not shock that. me. Right. So does not shock. No, it doesn't. The pictures not that we at have all. Of, of we have pictures of uh, George Bush in Dealey Plaza. Put it all together. Mm -hmm. Motive, opportunity, and the power to do it. Yeah, Motive, yeah. power, and opportunity. They all. Which have is it. it's not only they all have it. This also uh, really seals it for me. Why the Bush family is so notoriously looked at as one of the most notorious families uh, by a lot of conspiracy theorists. I saw a documentary in a long ago where they, yeah, they, named, for sure. the, they named the top families uh, globally ruling the world. And even after the Rockefellers, and everybody knows how they control a lot of the, the population, uh, or a lot of the planet's infrastructure the way it is uh, for years and years now, the Bush family actually beat them out as probably the most dominant political family and in, uh, in power family. Uh, mm -hmm. Currently, and that makes perfect sense. Look what all they've been involved in. I mean, yeah. especially Prescott Bush going all the way back to him in the Nazi era, mm -hmm. with his tie-ins with Nazi Germany. It's it's amazing the uh, the prolonged damage that the Bush family has done to this country. It certainly is. It's it's a disaster. Uh, it really truly is. Well, that's we're, right. We're, it was. Oh, I just was going to say it was. It was George Bush's grandpa, the grandpa George Prescott. Bush. Yeah, Prescott yeah, Bush. He tried yeah. to form a coup. Or something like that, with with mm -hmm. I believe like like uh, some people Smedley uh, Butler, uh, General Mills, or something like that. Some in, uh, industrial type of big, huge people, other people, mm -hmm. or something like that too. Yeah, or maybe Smedley Butler. You're talking about the Smedley Butler affair in the 1930s. Right. They wanted to get rid of Roosevelt, but yeah. uh, okay. General Smedley Butler was a very loyal American, and he exposed the plot. And um, he wrote a book called War is Rack and War is the Rack. Yeah, it's a, a racket, very famous right. book. It's a great book mm -hmm. to read. Um, President yep. Roosevelt. I never read it. Is it good, Crystal? It is good. It, it is. It is a really – it's it's mm -hmm. very, very interesting and depressing and will I'll make bet. you very angry. And But, yeah, no, it's, it's a <laughs> – yeah, no, it does. It, it It's a, it's a good book, though. I mean, but it's, I don't think mm -hmm. it's – most people are aware that war is a racket and war yeah, – you yeah. can follow yeah, the money. Yeah, it's yeah. all – I mean, it's always – Follow the money. the money, you know. Yep. And here you have a general saying that. I believe a Marine Corps Yeah. Uh, yes, he was. No, um, recently, some of our soldiers have come out and they've publicly admitted that as soon as we got back in Afghanistan, the first thing they did was uh, start the poppy fields back up and start that whole trade again. And uh, that, that's that been publicly now 
absolutely that's been publicly acknowledged that we're involved in that. So where do you think all that money is going? Where do you think that money circulating? CIA, the CIA, yeah, CIA, a lot of a lot of different black budget projects. If, if CIA, may, yeah. If I may, I'd like to uh, go back to Robert Kennedy's assassination. We got thirty seconds. Okay, Sirhan Sirhan did not kill uh, uh, Robert Kennedy. Robert Kennedy was killed from close range. The gun was put to the back of his head. Mm. And Robert Kennedy fought for his life against the man who shot him. And the proof is this. He was shot by a man named Thane Caesar, who was a uh, real... Uh, Ku Klux Klanner. He was a supporter of George Wallace in in that year, in 68. Right. What happened is that when he put the gun to Robert Kennedy's uh, head, he Kennedy reacted and reached and grabbed him by the throat. And he ripped off a tie. You know those uh, latch-on ties? Right, right, right. The steps right off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ties. Cheap ties. Yeah, he, cheap was, ties. he was wearing a, a security guard uniform, and he's wearing one of these ties. And Robert Kennedy reached around and grabbed it, and he, and he was killed. He, was, he took the bullet in the head. He fell to the ground, but he clutched that tie and gripped it. And for, well, how many years? 68 now? For almost 40-something years. I heard about it, but you could never see it because all the pictures of Robert Kennedy on the ground were bus shots that cut off right. his his arms. Right, and right. this year, this year, I found the photograph of the tie on the ground. Oh, no Robert kidding. Kennedy, when, they, when first aid came to him, I believe it was either a Chinese or a Filipino nurse uh, who rendered first aid, he, re- he let go. You know, when he, they were trying to revive him or keep him alive to get him to the hospital, right. he released the tie. And I have a photograph of Robert Kennedy on the ground with the tie lying right next to his right shoulder. Huh. Wow, wow. Um, you know, you know, uh, John Kennedy's father, Joe Kennedy, was felt that we should remain neutral vis-a-vis Hitler. Um, yes. He's getting back to Prescott Bush being a, a Nazi supporter. I'll take your words without... I mean, I'm, I know he was supposedly, you know, wanted trade and so forth. But uh, even well, Kennedy, Kennedy, the Kennedy clan had some sympathy. At least the older Kennedy clan had sympathy with Hitler as well. Oh, yes, until one day when they lost Joseph. That is no. true, but that was in no, the war. Once, the, the time once World the war, war II got. broke out, once World War II broke out, the Kennedy's allegiance to this country can never be doubted. Mm-hmm. They gave up a son who the fir- the Joseph uh, the, the firstborn yeah, supposed right, yeah. to yeah. Under him for the presidency. Right, right, it right. Up, mm-hmm. It fell on then on John and then again on on Robert. But it well, was Joseph is, Kennedy. It was done. Joseph Kennedy who moved to have Prescott Bush arrested along with the Dulles brothers for continuing okay. to trade with Hitler. After the war broke out, against the uh, stipulations of the Trading with the Enemies Act, so it was Joseph okay, Kennedy who fingered him, yeah. got the FBI to arrest him, <laughs> and they would have been tried. They would have been hmm. tried for treason, except for one thing: President Roosevelt felt that it would be so demoralizing to the nation to realize that we had such traitors in our midst mm-hmm. that he decided not to. So I, what I think is interesting is the money class on both sides 
were supporting Hitler. You know, as you mm. say, that changed yeah. after oh, the yeah. war. I'm not saying yeah. that. Uh, mm-hmm. But prior to that, you know what? No, but, see, but here's the thing. Hitler had a lot of support before they even started all the concentration camp stuff. When he first was oh, yeah. trying oh, to yeah. get in power, he oh, had yeah. a lot of support from a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. War well, is business. big business. War is War. Yes. 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 fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Vietnam was a racket. It's really depressing. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, well, no look, every time the economy is in the toilet, a war pops up because why? It's right. big business. And we have to be makes careful. money. Yeah. We have to be a careful. war on something is like money. War on terror. War yeah. on this. You know, war on for that. Certain, money. For certain that's people. It. Certain people, certain For classes. Certain people, yeah, absolutely. But you, you have you re- refreshed my memory about something very important. The executive uh, powers that the presidency holds now—they were not there before December seventh, nineteen forty-one. After the attack on Pearl Harbor and uh, World War Two, mm-hmm. the president was given the War Powers Act. And the War Powers Act were delegated or conferred upon him for the duration of the war. Now, in order to retain those war powers, they had to keep coming up with another war. So that's why we had the Cold War. (laughs) Right. right? We've never had... had we had the Cold been War. continually been yeah. in war. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing after 9-11. We got the yeah. Patriot Act, you know, attack something oh my God. or plunge us no, into something God. and all of a sudden there's a reason for them to do, you know, something horrible. War on terror. Listen. War on terror the last centuries. No, no, get, yeah. get to go my father. The Cold War, okay. the war on poverty, the war <laughs> on drugs. Yeah, war on drugs, yeah. All of these wars are the war, fake wars, that are the justification for maintaining the War Powers Act in effect. And as we've seen, President Obama has taken it to the extreme, his war well, powers. Okay, but, I mean, what this face did, uh, Georgie, George II, oh, King George II. Same thing. Same you know, thing. Roosevelt's yeah. family made money. You know how they got their wealth? The opium trade in China, drugs. And yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, it's, well, we're talking about Rockefellers. Let, no, let this was Roosevelt. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's talk about Rockefellers yeah. and UFOs. Sure. I guess we are going four hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's a party. You're never getting off this call, Angel. I'm never. sorry. Never. You're welcome. We're really getting America's history back on track. But um, the hack that we, that we had uh, on October 19th came after I published... Um, Stephen Bassett's open letter to Hillary Clinton and uh, indirectly to Lawrence Rockefeller. He pointed out that we know about her relationship with Rockefeller, that she met with him during uh, the 90s. Rockefeller was pushing for the Clintons to disclose the UFO issue. So Hillary met with him, and there's some famous pictures of her walking with Lawrence Rockefeller. Wait, Rockefeller was? Why? Because Lars uh, Rockefeller, the, I'll tell you why. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to specify the Rockefeller, not, he, not the, the Rockefellers not the have always been interested in controlling religion and belief systems. Mm. There's a book called A Certain Arrogance by Professor George Michael Evica, and that is an eye-opener because it points out how the Rockefellers have used religious fronts, churches, and uh, missionary missionary work as um, fronts for spying and uh, intelligence work. And it goes back to the Indian Wars where the Rockefellers had 
ministers and preachers uh, operating with them during the Indian Wars and then World War One, World War Two, And he points out in the book that Lee Harvey Oswald's trip to the Soviet Union was sponsored by the Lutheran Church. He stayed at Lutheran wow. Church hostels when he left the United States and went to Europe, went to Switzerland, and then he went to Finland. All of these hostels were associated with the Lutheran Church. Now, the, the, the relationship with UFOs is this. I believe that UFOs are a form of a new age religion. Mm-hmm. And so the yep. Rockefellers are very interested in being able to control this belief system and direct its um, evolution. Wow. Interesting. That's that makes perfect sense. You know what I, I yeah. heard that the Rockefellers funded the defense of uh, Professor Mack at Harvard. I never knew that. Uh, yes, I have heard that too. Sheehan. There, mm-hmm. There's an attorney Sheehan not related to me. Daniel My Sheehan. Name Sheehan. Is it? Yes. He, oh, he mm-hmm. said that that defense was funded by the Rockefellers, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. So I, I know Daniel Sheehan, and uh, we're friends. We met in, uh, personally, we met for the first time uh, in San Francisco, but we'd been on the radio uh, many times together on the Gary Null Show here in New York, and Daniel Sheehan was the one who revealed that it was President Kennedy single-handedly who stopped nuclear war during the Cuban Missile Crisis because... Curtis LeMay and and oh, the yeah. staff, oh, yeah. they wanted yeah. to launch the nuclear attack when the ships crossed that imaginary line in the water that we told them not to cross. He wanted to launch uh, an attack on Russia, and uh, you know, stopped it. Robert Kennedy actually stopped it because you know what the CIA estimate CIA estimate of uh, nuclear missiles in Cuba at that point was zero. When in fact, and my memory's going now, but I believe. There were actually 79 tactical nuclear missiles yes. in Cuba at the time. Yes. And I forget the number. I could be wrong in that number. Yes, Luna. My Luna going. But also, they had, they had so-called special weapons in submarines off our coast. Special weapons were nuclear-tipped torpedoes, which could have gone right into New York Harbor. And my point is, you know, if, if LeMay had gotten away with what he wanted to get away with, we'd have been toast. And all because of a crummy, a poor CIA estimate. But having said that, LeMay was a nutcase. Who, by the way, ran as presidential or vice presidential candidate with uh, George Wallace, if you remember that. Yes, that was Curtis LeMay. Guys, we do have, unfortunately, have to uh, wrap it up. We have to get going. I do have... uh, family members I got to uh, go attend uh, uh, but uh, okay. yeah we got to uh, wrap it up unfortunately it is the end of the year though and uh, I want to thank uh, our guest Robert Morningstar for being here with us uh, for this uh, two and a half two and hours and 20 minutes thank you so much Robert for being <laughs> here thank with you us for having uh, you're, me. The, you're the man it's always a pleasure having you on and hopefully in, in the new year we get to have you on periodically more and yes. more often yes have great have Absolutely. great new year everyone great. happy birthday angel thank, thank you sir have great happy new year happy birthday everyone. angel Thank you, everybody. And uh, all the listeners, thank you for listening in. Uh, everybody who uh, wished me happy birthday on Facebook and Twitter, and thank you for uh, all the birthday wishes uh, to everybody listening. And, uh, you know, everybody out there who's uh, participated participated with the show tonight, whether you're calling, you're on the line now, even the other guy. 
Thank you, other guy. Uh, it's been an awesome 2015. Let's make it an even better 2016. I know we kind of ended a little bit on a downer because of what happened with Art. We're moving on. You know, if Art comes back next year or if he does uh, return to radio, you know, we're all kind of crossing our fingers on that. Uh, if it does, that's that will be great. But if he doesn't, we got to move forward and make it a great 2016. So uh, yep. we're signing off for the evening, guys. Thank you so much again, everybody, for, uh, for being here. And uh, we'll catch you next year in 2016 right here on Skywatchers Radio. Good night, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.